hey, hey, Chief Doggy Dog in the his house. And what is this? A couple of stragglers come into the Talking Joe studios. Who is it? It's me, Chief. It's Ben. I'm back. I'm back on Talking Joe. You've lured me back in. Yeah, get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> Dude, I've got one booked in on Wednesday. Wow, wow. I, I see someone else coming in through the cat flap. Hi, Chris McLeod here, aka Diagnostic Aid from the Four Balls Podcast. Been a while, how are you doing? <laughs> very well, very well. Is that door shutting behind you or is there someone else? Oh, Chris, you must be pretty slim these days to fit through the cat <laughs> flap. My word. <laughs> it's S-Job 7, guys, and today on Talking Joe, I am the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? That means you're not contributing? Or? He's asking the questions, mate. That's well, it geez, it's, it's a dream come true, guys. Talking Joe was my favourite podcast of all, all, all. Holy smoke. Then I took over. So I, I'd like to pay tribute to each and every one of you at this point and just say thank Thank you for like wow. all the great listening. So uh, you know, it's 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 ironic that I'm now part of it. But uh, you know, before that happened, it was yeah, it was top of the pops for me. God, Ooh. this is like being in a, a virtual chat room full of chiefs, chiefs ex wives or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far from the truth. <laughs> Break and replace is what he always says. Purely sexual relationships, though. That was all it was. What journey this pod has been on, Chief? Jeez. I think when we started, you and me were thinking we might go maybe 10 episodes. and then well, um, one. One episode. <laughs> and I listened back to episode one and it is so boring. It is Jeez. so boring. How did we get to number 80? I've got no idea. But, you know, there you go. I haven't dared listen back, to be honest with you. You know, we mixed it up. The show evolved. The show adapted. Uh, we've put a lot of great stuff into the show. And S-Jubs, you giving praise. I want to give praise to all three of you boys for, you know, being on the journey of this thing that we all did together. And, um, you know, it's something to be proud of, I think. I, I promised think myself everyone... I wouldn't cry. <laughs> I think it is something to be proud of, Chief. I think if you if you do a podcast for any longer than three months... That's something to be proud of because <laughs> podcasting can be a slog. It can be hard work. And I always just think the thing with a podcast is you have to keep going. Then yeah. it's sort of successful and worth it because so many people, it's so easy to stop doing yeah. them as I did with this one because you just, yeah. you get burnout. Mm. And the fact that you've kept doing it is really impressive to be honest with you he just keeps refreshing it up by getting a new p person involved that's what he does <laughs> diagnostic and s jobs they've been doing it way longer than when we started they were already veterans of the field so <coughs> seven years <coughs> yeah well guys well tell have you ever had the the burnout because it's something that seems to happen to me and what do you do when you get that if you don't mind Stephen, i'd like to take this one just quickly Go for it, Chris. Okay, sorry, I wasn't sure if you were just not li- not talking to Champing me anymore. at the bits. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll get my say one of these days. So we started the Full Force podcast like seven years ago, almost. Wow. Pro- probably close, actually, What? yeah, it's coming up to seven-year uh, anniversary. And uh, I know Judge Oberg's probably going longer than that, actually. Nine years of my life. Exactly. And like, so the, I was listening to, I was listening to Steve and the boys for a while. I was listening to What's on Joe Mind and all those guys. And I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this stuff with, with friends and, and so on and so forth and wanted to come at it with a different angle. So we started a complete, you know, we started with an audio podcast about Action Force and G.I. Joe and, and stuff like that. And it was fun and we loved it, but we what I found was the best thing we could do was to keep evolving, moving forward, progressing, changing. 
Um, yeah. like, and that meant like refreshing like everything on a regular basis. Because if you're just doing like, yeah, you're right. You have to keep going with it. But if you keep going with like the same thing over and over again, personally for me, it just would kill me, I think. Yeah. So not really for a listener's point of view. It's almost for your yeah. own sanity. Absolutely. I don't do anything for a listener's point of view. Yeah, <laughs> Ben, I'd, I'd second Chris on that. It's it's actually not about the listenership. I mean, I think having a podcast is literally just having your own soapbox. Yeah. Whether you have so listeners or no listeners, like it's so important to just pour yourself out into something, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Get your opinions out there. Like we spend so much time with our thoughts rattling around upstairs mm. and no one to tell them to because no one has our specific interests. Like our exact yeah. sort of cocktail yeah. of, of of things that make up us. So to be able to just wax about it for an hour and a half every week. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. I think everyone should have a podcast, to be honest. Imagine how polluted the airwaves would be then. My I goodness. think everyone does have a podcast now. I just it <laughs> seems to be it seems to be the, the done thing. Yeah, I don't think people talk on the phone anymore. They just do a podcast with their mates. Yeah. It's like COVID kicked <laughs> off and it's like, oh, what am I gonna do? I know, podcast. And that meant like everybody. Like all of a sudden I I'm pretty sure we went to um Target, I think, to get like a couple of things to help with the live stream like you know headphone extra headphones and so on and so right. forth we go in there and the entire like everything you'd need for a podcast was missing on the shelves and you wow. just think wow people are obviously doing like you know live streaming and they're doing you know their own little kind of chat things with friends on zoom or whatever it what cast like we like we're doing right now but you know it's it's i found that really interesting but yeah yeah, you saying targets made me think that they're selling this Target exclusive Mongoose Stranger Things BMX. I'm desperate to get. Damn it. I will. Uh, the shipping, they don't ship to the UK, Chief, and I need that bike. Okay, well, better get over to the USA then. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Target are quite good for that. They, they often do these cool little exclusives. Yeah. I know what's coming, though. It's going to be Chris. Could you <laughs> <laughs> postage and packaging? Just pop that in an envelope. Yeah, stick it in, stick it in a jiffy bag and send it on. <laughs> Just send one part at a time, one a month, like a that's kind of part work. Build it yourself. <laughs> one mag wheel at a time. It'll be a, it'll be a BMX subscription service you'll be on, basically. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. the rumor was that if you if you snapped your mag wheel, if you put it in the freezer, it fixed it. It didn't. That's no, just complete that, garbage. That's the garbage. It freezes yeah. it. <laughs> that's exactly what it does. <laughs> but anyway, listen. Um, when Full Force and Talking Joe first met up, and we did the the super special Talking Force episodes, amazing. We kind of said that, um, or I kind of said, I'll be Macho Man because obviously referencing the Mega Powers with the Mega Powers coming together, referencing the WWF tag team. I was Macho Man. I Chris was Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> we needed we needed a Miss Elizabeth and a Mean Gene Oakland, so that's where you two boys come in. <laughs> but it got me thinking about other quartets in pop culture. So Beatles. I've got four categories here. Each of each of us are going to pick one category and then determine who we are from that pop culture quartet. Oh, so, who test. wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Stephen said he wanted to go first. Okay, so Stephen, the categories are pick a category: spooks, fighters, team, or family. Now you had me scratching my head about the spooks category because I could not, for the life of me, I mean, are we talking about like Universal monsters well, here? Do you want like, that category? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so. 
Spooks. Stop the mystery, Chief. Pac-Man has four ghosts. Inky, Blinky, Pinky and yes! Clyde. Which one would you be? Is it Inky, the uh, Cobra Commander-looking uh, yeah. one? Well, I'll tell you each uh, what their traits are. Oh, I can tell you what their goddamn traits are. I'm looking okay. at the cabinet right now, Chief. <laughs> I've got a Pac-Man machine in my room, and Blinky is an absolute bastard. That's me, then. Well, Blinky is the one that directly follows Pac-Man. No, well, let me tell you what he is. He is the most advanced form of AI mankind has ever made. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what the actual facts are. Blinky follows Pac-Man. Inky sets his position relative to Blinky and Pac-Man. Pinky tries to cut off Pac-Man and preempt him, and Clyde just randomly runs, sometimes runs away from Pac-Man. Can I be stinky? <laughs> yeah, but then they look after their own quadrants as well. Yeah, I go pretty deep with uh, Pac-Man. Okay. So anyway, S-Jubs, what do you want? Do you want Blinky, who generally chases Pac-Man, Inky, who kind of in between Blinky and Pac-Man, Pinky, Lala who or corners him, or Clyde, who just runs uh... randomly? Oh, jeez, Chief. Uh, too technical for my liking. I'm just going to go with the uh, the appearance, man. I'll go with okay, the blue inky. ghost. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, fine, fine. I'd be, um, I'd be stinky, just to... You'd be stinky. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably, probably take the... Clyde, just randomly running around, and then Ben, I don't know who you want to be. I'll be the poop-flavoured well, one. There's only one yeah. left, Chief. That's going to be me. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. Whatever. Whatever was left, I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> next. moving on, next category. Um, who wants the next one? I heard Ben said he wanted to do it. Ben, go on, Chief. Lay it on me. You want fighters, team, or family? Family. Family. Okay, the first family of comics. Who would you be? Reed Richards, Sue Richards, Johnny Storm, or Ben Grimm? Johnny Storm. Yeah, you've got a bit of Johnny Storm about you. Am I going to be the thing? I, well, I was putting S-Jubs in the thing role, to be honest. Okay, that's fair enough. Well, I, put you in the, I put you in the Invisible Woman role. Oh, perfect. I'm well up for that. <laughs> I'll well take Reed Richards. <laughs> Although that does mean technically we're married. Exactly. That's why I'm all excited about it. I get a bit of that plastic man action, is what I'm thinking. Okay. So Captain America did two films as, what's it, Human Torch, didn't he? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, Chris Evans. Wild, man. Yeah, that is wild. I wonder if he could star in some kind of quasi crossover movie playing both roles in the same movie That'd yeah some wild. sort of alternate universe <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's interested um, right uh, two categories did, did I hear did I hear Chief say he wanted to go next no he didn't fighters <laughs> I'm having fighters <laughs> fighters okay uh, this this quartet of pop culture figures characters are Street Fighter 2 boss yes. characters knew it oh, knew it come on Chief knew it great I'm Vega or Vega. technically Oh, I'm a, he can jump off the goddamn side of the walls like Chun Li. But in Japan, yeah. he's Balrog, right? Yeah, correct. They so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be Japanese Balrog. Oh God, I guess I'm quite tall. I'll be Sagat, even though he's a douche. Ah, oh, you bastard! He's my favourite. All right. You're M. Bison, clearly, Chief. <laughs> yeah, come on, Chief. <laughs> you're the you're the head of Shadowloo right now. <laughs> Although, hang on, Japanese M. Bison. Oh, sorry, uh, Vega. Yeah, he <laughs> Japanese is Vega. Vega. <laughs> yeah. And that leaves S-Jubs, that leaves you with uh, Balrog. Slash M. Bison. <laughs> Mike Bison. Slash M. Bison, yeah, of course. I'm yeah. Mike Bison, baby. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. I love that. Balrog, he cannot kick, man, can he? He's got no, no. kick. No. Ironically, that was my first Street Fighter 2 action figure. Good old Balrog. Doesn't Balrog slash Mike Bison, doesn't he do a one where he drops down to the ground and kind of sticks his leg out like a little... Yeah. Slides yeah, along the deck. That's the that is the worst kick option though, oh, isn't it's it? Horrible, right. isn't it? It's cheese, isn't it? It's cheese. Um, <laughs> last category is team, and this team. I heard Stephen wants to do this one as well because he doesn't want Chief to have this one. Team, Stephen, you can do this one Ooh. as well. This is team, Woohoo. and it's the A team. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> oh, jeez, man. Um, I mean, uh, well, it's all it all comes down to who BA is, I guess. It's BLM. No one wants to black up. I'm not. <laughs> Jesus. Unless we substitute BA for Amy. I'll yeah. be Amy. I'll be <laughs> <No>. Amy. Um, <laughs> I'll be the van. <laughs> <laughs> the I'll be the face van. man's vet. Nice. You're clearly oh, nice. face. Stephen. <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'll be um, Chief I'll is that. obviously um, Hannibal. That yeah, leaves, you are Chief. That leaves Ben as Murdoch and me as <laughs> <a> fan. <laughs> Christ, I'm, I'm fake Jim Carrey. <laughs> hey, anyway. man, he taught Jim everything he knows. <laughs> I think he did, actually. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was a waste of time. S-Jubs, you're in editing uh, control. If you want to cut that segment out, up to you. That was brilliant. Consider it gone. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't you dare. That better be in there. Right, I think I am getting a bit peckish over here at 9.28pm uh, in the UK. Uh, it's Snack a bit more... Yeah, if you go to bed in half an hour, that's going to sit on you all night. You yeah. could have like a heart attack or something. Snack, snack, snack attacker. Chief and Chris, like on Solo and Chewbacca. I'm travelling through hyperspace to get some snacks. Snack, 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 I'll tell you what I've got. I've got a packet of serious pig snacking pickles. I'm going to open them up while I crunch one. Uh, when you said serious pigs, I thought they were going to be those like sweets that are shaped like a pig's face for a second. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the M&S sweets. They are but good. Someone else go. Someone else go. Okay, I got um, a chocolate eclair from M&S. It's massive. Oh, God. It's so late to be in this. Put it all in your mouth at once. No oh, God. Lip done. Perfect. <laughs> oh, these are worth it. Insane. <laughs> I, there's no... Why would you eat anything else? You'd be <laughs> massive. You would be massive. I have got Justin's cashew butter covered cashews. Oh, they sound so good. I'm opening this bag up. Do it. Here we go. Oh, they look nice. They look very cool. Coated little cashews. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not much crunch on them. No, not at all. But, my oh. goodness. They're like... um Stealth. It's like, how am I getting all of the tastes in one go? <laughs> well, you it are. Kind of, you expect it to be white chocolate, but it's not. But it's still very creamy and lovely. It's amazing. S-Jubs? I have got a bag of Doritos, limited edition, Mountain Dew Energized oh! flavour. What wow. the actual, after I a refreshing that. zesty zing, we've combined the lemon citrus flavour of Mountain <laughs> Dew with the signature Doritos full-on crunch. It's over for S-Jobs. Don't uh, said limited edition. I I'm a dead man. Those, I always think of those ones in the 90s that had the Star Wars special edition Tazos. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. could only get the exclusive yes. ones with Dorries. I'm looking at my Tazo folder right now. Dude, yes! Yeah. That's so cool. I have to say, I saw those um, on Twitter the, like about two weeks ago, I think. Right. And I, was, I, I even saved the image of the... <laughs> on my desktop, I saved the image of the <laughs> Mountain Dew-infused inf- Doritos just, just randomly because I thought, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And you have them, and I can't believe you're about to eat them. What are they well, like? Well, Chris, to, yeah, exactly. To satisfy everyone's curiosity, here we go. Yeah, I better taste Mountain Dew, though. What the hell is Mountain Dew anyway? Well, you, I guess you'll find I out I better get some crunch. Oh, Chemicals okay. is mm. what Mountain Dew is. Mm. Sugar. Yeah. It's not the drink, that's for sure. The chips are kind of greenish. Yeah. You can't like drink the... your crisps. Exactly. Well, funny well, you should well, say that. Because... Funny you should say that. What are you washing it down with? 
<laughs> Mountain Dew energized. Oh no! He's double okay, You crossed the streams there, buddy. I thought it was, was going to be Mountain Dew, but with the flavour of like cheddar Doritos or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Drink that cheese. Oh, it is actually citrusy. I'm getting like an aftertaste from the chip. That's like oh my uh, goodness. Weird. There's an alarm going off at head office there. <laughs> crazy man out there. He's double dipped <laughs> on Mountain Dew. Like, they're scrambling the jets. This drink is like, it's glowing green. Go on, open it up. <laughs> open it up. If I do not turn into a Ninja Turtle after swigging this, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> oh. It is so green. Yeah, so green. So basically, you've got gamma chips, is what you've got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, Hulk smash! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, okay, is um, it supposed to be an energy drink? This, this is a different thing. No. no. Oh, if it's energized, probably. Yes, yeah. Well, since it is half past 6 a.m., it's exactly what I need. Yes. I've got a drink I've never had before. We'll be very familiar with uh, US listeners. This is a bottle of All Natural Virgil's Handcrafted Root Beer. I have no idea what root beer is. Virgil? What? Tracy. All Virgil. Virgil's. Oh. Right, okay. That's the brand, Virgil's. What, like Million Dollar Man's Mate? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. His bodyguard. Uh, that, I tell you what, that wouldn't fly today. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know what root beer is, but I look at the ingredients and it says sparkling water, cane sugar, natural flavouring. So okay. is it just, is root beer just literally just sugar water? Well, all of it is. I'm, oh, Most yes. contemporary drinks are sugary water. Right, I'm having a go. Flavored. First ever root beer. Is it like dandelion and burdock? Ah, that it's what is... he drinks in toe jam and earl. That is horrible. It tastes like you know when you go to the dentist and you've got to wash your mouth out with that pink liquid. <laughs> is that what root beer tastes like? That's what root beer tastes like. Brilliant! Wow! Brilliant! Mm. I'll give it a wide berth. Yeah, do it. Oh, it's horrible. Isn't it the same as sarsaparilla? I can't stop drinking it though. <laughs> right, who's who's next? All right. Well, I just went to the fridge and when I was getting my chocolate eclair, I was like, oh Christ, I need a drink. So I grabbed a elderflower and rosé, gently bubbling with real elderflowers. Wow. And what is that? That's a, that's a wine, is it? That's a rosé wine? That's wine, my friend. Okay, wow. Let's crack it open. Oh, shit, I, I can't get any purchase, chief. Hang <laughs> Ray, on. Ray bloody perch. Is that a 750ml <laughs> or like a single-serving personal wine? No, this is... Um, this is full tilt, and I've got Ooh. a really cool um, Blade Runner glass that I got for Christmas. Um, you know the ones that he drinks out of? He has his whiskey? Mm. Yeah, man. No. They're all angular. Sick. Wait a minute. He's pouring a big glass there. I hear the glugs. Yeah, that's a family size, as you say. <laughs> no, he's not pouring into a glass. He's pouring it directly into his mouth from the bottle. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Ugh. Didn't let it breathe. Oh, my God. That is so, that is so refreshing. Okay. I feel new. So by the end of this episode, we're going to have a man who's wasted on rosé elderflower wine and a man who's hulked up on gamma radiation. Or the yeah. gas. Steve Banner. Oh, God, it's so bubbly. Yeah. Diagnostic, what are you, what are you tipping the scales here with? I um, couldn't be bothered to get a newie, so yes. I, I'm just drinking my classic um, all-time favourite. It's not kombucha. Arizona green tea <laughs> with ginseng and honey. That is your classic. You had that on the... First ever episode. The other show that we did. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, every episode I usually have it, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I just pretend you're having something else. <laughs> I just pretend... No, I just pretend to the viewers like it's the first time I've ever said it on the... Yeah, and it's like, no, yeah, I've got a new one today, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rosa yeah. is so much fun. 
Yeah, especially good. on a Sunday at half nine. Good, good. Um, <laughs> um, right, let's. This, is, uh, this has been a rip roaring success so far, fellas. Let's, I'm loving um, it. Let's, yeah, really listener friendly. Let's crack into issue two hundred, and then we can have some more banter and catch up after that. <laughs> So this is, what have we got here? This is March 2014. Oh, those are the years. Those were the years. The cover, the cover on my one I've got here is the Cobra Commander in his battle armour, kind of doing well, a... Oh, not really. Semi-Hull Hitler. Well, no, not his battle armour. Sorry, no, the battle faceplate, I guess. That's not the one you sent me, Chief. Which is the cover you got. You got the one with Duke and Cobra Commander fighting on a vehicle. I don't know, it took me four hours to open up the file because it seemed to have... Some, <laughs> I don't know, it was a file I've never come across That's before. That's a modern hiss tank, by the way. It's, yes. it's not what you're describing. Okay, well, no, there's multiple covers. This is modern comic books. Uh, this is not the 1980s anymore when there's only one cover. Okay. Uh, you get variant covers nowadays. How many did you get? Um, one, two, three, four, five, eight. six, seven, eight. Yeah, well, two, my one was not a good one. Two of them were just blank covers for sketches. Um, I don't know what, what's what's your favourite cover here. We'll post the images up on the socials. But what's your what's one sounds good. Here, obviously, Ben, you've only got one. Yeah, I can only see the one where it's like um, from afar and Cobra Commander's standing on the his tank. Yes, yep, yep. But it's absolutely nothing special. No, but that cover is, I guess, would you fa- fairly say it's a reference to the one where. Destro and Hawk are fighting and cut on the his tank. Mm, possibly. But what cover was that one? It's back in twenties, sixteen, is it? Maybe something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Mm, was that yeah? Night attack with Hawk and and Destro yeah. punching it out on the back. And of the Cobra tank? Commander's on the turret of the his, and he's going to yeah, shoot man. him. I think I think that's a bit of an homage to that, maybe, but I don't know. Sure. To me, I've got to say this. I think that cover looks like a looks like it could be a Calvin and Hobbes cover or like a Calvin Hobbes illustration because the vehicle is like just off the ground. It looks like it's bouncing like down the hill like really yeah. fast. Yeah, and they're in the box cart. You see them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that now. Duke is Calvin and uh, Cobra Commander is Hobbes, and they're yeah. just having an absolute blast. The colour as the well, the kind of the orangey b- background again makes it sort of look that. Yeah, yeah, good I shout. think it's hilarious. There's one here by uh, Jamie Tyndall, which is a little bit, um, I don't know, oversexed of Baroness, but yeah, that's pretty much time. all of his art. I love the one with Optimus Prime on the cover. <laughs> boy, what? oh boy, did you think you were in for the wrong kind of issue if you bought that cover? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's he doing on there? Oh, it's madness. Interestingly enough, though, the common knowledge of, of this era of comics was that Larry was ramping up for a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. And you, you'll see when you get to a certain issue that that's where he was headed and it went a completely different direction. Oh, really? Because IDW signed on to do this big crossover uh, revolution series. Oh, yeah. And that meant that it took the Transformers off the table for Larry and a real American hero, and he had to kind of change pace. So maybe this was a teaser, almost like a, yeah, almost like a teaser thing in, into that, possibly. Oh, yeah. I see. Interesting, interesting. I'm pretty sure Steve, you knew that, didn't you, about the Transformers crossover? Well, yeah, I knew about the Revolutions uh, book, but I mean, the, the fact that Larry was prepared to put Transformers into his own yeah. baby. Like that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, the and dude's I think slipping <laughs> <laughs> big time. 
Well, I guess we ended up with, you know, if we wanted our G.I. Joe Transformers fix, we ended up with the Tom Shirley one, which is... Totally, um, yeah, unsurpassed in my mind. But yeah, I just, I can't believe Larry would build to that point. And, and Chief, this is what we've been talking about as like the long game, which <laughs> it's a real long game in terms of paying that off. Like, yeah. don't expect it anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. They tease it at the end of this issue again. How many times <laughs> are they going to dangle that? Oh, game? is that what they're teasing at the end? Yeah, well, is baby. that what's meant to be in the hangar? I the see. secret of the pit. It's not just Y wings. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll come on oh, to that. Y wings. Um, <laughs> uh, listen. So let's dig into the meat. But before we do, we'll have a quick recap for those not up to speed. So last time on a real American hero, GI Joe has managed to push back the rebel threat in Sierra Gordo while uncovering their true nature. Advanced BATs developed by Cobra in conjunction with the Blue Ninja Clan. With this new information, GI Joe heads back to their HQ, the pit. Meanwhile, back at the pit, Cobra has taken over. Scarlet, Snake Eyes and the team left behind from the Sierra Gordo mission hatch a plan to take the base back. Slowly, they whittle down the Cobra ranks and press back Cobra Commander's forces. Cool, man. Mm. That actually, when you said rebel forces, I was like, hang on, is this an episode of Clone Wars? <laughs> <laughs> so this is pretty crazy for me because I am coming in cold as on this and I didn't know what to expect because I haven't read any of these and I was kind of like really into this. I was mm. like, oh, I get it. This has been like written for me. And they're totally <laughs> leaning into, you know, everything people liked about that initial run. I don't know why, but I thought this run was going to be like really zany and crazy. But it feels super grounded. Well, Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, Larry got more military ground, or, or kind of put more like influence into kind of real world stuff, didn't he? Like as he kind of went along in the the real American hero. But the thing is, you say that, but you've still got blue ninja androids, and you've got um, this kind of weird thing that happens towards the end of this run, uh, and of course, a, a, like a, a, a obviously it was sad because I don't want to spoil anything, but a certain character does die, and. It just is the most bonkers like story ever because he had to pivot and change things. But I, I know what you mean, though. There's like a really nice real world military aspect, like they're kind of doing things as you'd expect them to do. Uh, all the ca- and I love the fact there are so many characters in this one. Well, yeah. it felt pretty cozy because I was like, oh, okay, that it's all the legacy characters. Mm. I don't know why I was expecting anything different. But <laughs> Larry's only got about seven different stories to tell, and you've probably heard all of them already. <laughs> hey, Cobra's back in the pit. Yeah, potentially I just yeah. thought this could be something that I wouldn't understand, or there could be loads of people. I was like, oh, no, okay, I'm up to speed, you know, pretty quickly. Had you read everything in between? I was just going to say, you saying you thought it might be a bit zany, Ben. Well, they, like Chris mentioned, we had the Blue Ninjas and lots of brainwave scanner stuff, which is kind of always on the wacky side. But then we have, just prior to this arc there were a couple of arcs which were quite political heavy and quite brutal and heavy storytelling with um the potential lady j execution in that village from major blood and then the you know the hostage situation in sierra gordo which was quite politicized and i don't know i think larry was trying to mix it up a little bit and then obviously with this kind of anniversary issue is get it back onto a not a level playing field, that's the wrong term, but, you know, like you said, Ben, a, a simple enough story that 
can act as a milestone issue that pretty much anyone who's ever read G.I. Joe is going to understand the basics yeah, of. Exactly. Cobra invades the pit, which we've seen multiple times before. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a greatest hits to me. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Chief, say nothing about the fact that Larry took the step to like introduce the Red Shadows and that whole oh, mythology my goodness, like a few I issues back. That. Yes, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, Black Major. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the levity and... There, I, I laughed a lot during this issue. I thought there oh, was great. loads of good bants and funny stuff going on. <laughs> like the fact that they rewire all of all of the bombs and then Cobra Commander just hits the button and all his own tanks start exploding. <laughs> it's incredible. When did that actually happen though? Because here, at this point now, right, three, <laughs> three pages in. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's when Snake Eyes goes out and does it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah As yeah. always, you miss it. read the issue about an hour ago, forgotten it already. There you go. So basically, um, basically, Scarlet says to Timber Three, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that um, she says like, "Oh, good job, we've got someone that can sniff these out." And he's like, "Schnarf." So then they that is it's in- insinuated that you know from that moment on, Snake Eyes is is a busy boy, right? Yes, but yeah. guys, I mean this this wolf was feral like a week ago. It was a wild <laughs> animal. Pouncing on Snake Eyes and Scarlet, and here we—it's it's effectively a sniffer dog. I mean, like, yeah, wow. but Snake Eyes applied the Arashikagi mindset on it. That's Must how it's done. Okay. Um, I don't just, know if you did that. I just made that up. <laughs> no, I buy it. Very quickly, want to give a shout out to the creative team. Um, obviously, Larry Wrighton, SL Gallant on art. New inker. We've been seeing Brian Shearer and Gary Erskine inking, but now we've actually got Juan Castro and Mark Deering on inks, and Jay Brown on colours. And I did—I thought the art was great, but I could kind of notice the difference in inking mm. from previous issues we'd seen i'm not saying it's bad but just noticeably a little bit different but. remind me to when we get to it there's a, there's one literally one panel that looks nothing like the rest of the the, the issue right. yeah and i think i might know the one oh, that which one's mean. that it's okay i'll just say it it's when duke spins his head round and it's saying a wooger in the background yes yep. it just looks like a completely different style it's a in bit that more cartoony isn't it panel yeah. like just it's it's almost like one of those i'm not sure if you read the jurassic park comics when they when they did them ages ago like the late 90s oh, they were really really shit like oh, damn honestly it's not <laughs> even worth it i actually purchased them on on like on, on the comicsology or something and whatever it was I, I purchased them on and they are so poor but the art is very much like that it just reminded me when i looked at duke i'm like oh god am i reading a jurassic that jurassic right. park comic i hated <laughs> uh, um anyway um i do want to pick you spe- specifically uh s jobs and diagnostic page four and five splash mm. lots of vehicles here um fantastic looking page but me not being a toy expert how accurate do these vehicles look to you you boys eyes pretty accurate the hiss tanks are always drawn a little bit bigger than than they actually the toys are but they've kind of got them pretty good here because you can see the gunner in the gunner positions and i think cobra commander's regular hiss is is a little bit uh, large but that's kind of almost done on purpose so it's like his command his vehicle command vehicle yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a hiss too isn't it yeah, you're right, it is. Yeah. He's got, so he's a Hiss 2. You've got the blue kind of Hiss, you know, the first version or the first style. And then you've got, like, the modern guys in the background. There's kind of, like, stand-up kind of pursuit of Cobra bad boys. All right, you've yeah. got maggots. You've got trouble bubbles, ferret. You've got all sorts going on there. It's great. Vipers, Cobra troopers, Atali Viper. It's amazing. So the classic maggot sticker sheet uh, had that maggot numbered as maggot number five. Mm. What's cool about the double splash is yes. they haven't gone with that number. They've numbered it four. 
And then the one that Mindbender's using to put stretcher beds into, that one's five. It's cool little details like that that really make me happy. I mean, like, obviously, you're not going to have an entire army of of maggots that all are numbered like the toy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Wonderful. Absolutely. On the flip side, you've also got the Mauler uh, rocks up for the Joes, doesn't it? And that just makes me think, Chief, when I was... I think my eighth birthday, I bought that off you for £10. Right. And <laughs> who had, Rob too? I'm not sure. Brilliant. Your sales pitch was, is that you're like, this is great, this is great to my mum, so she was going to pay you. It's got two speeds, it's got two speeds. So, like, fast speed is really good, but if you want to go over some really difficult terrain, you've got to switch it to slow speed. Right. <laughs> sales pitch worked obviously yeah what a toy that was Stephen, awesome. that's your favorite vehicle yeah right? ben i'd say you won dude 10 quid for the yeah, mauler that's a steal it's a classic and beautifully presented in this artwork i mean like all the details are bang mm. on i must say the only thing they get wrong in this though is the fact that long range and zappa the wrong <laughs> way around so basically yeah every every episode uh, that we record, I will miss all the details. And S-Jobs will say, ah, look, he's called him the wrong name, blah, blah, blah. He's done that <laughs> wrong. And I pick up on nothing of it. And I actually messaged him offline prior to recording saying, ha, I've actually found one. I've actually spotted <laughs> one. And it was that exact same one, the long-range zap, where they... Happens twice as well. Yeah, what, 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 where is that? I'm just finding out. Are they in the... Are they, what, are they uh, in they're the riding the, the mauler, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah top of the page. Zap, says, who's coloured like thunder, who is dead, uh, is on top of the turrets, and long range is... Yeah, they you this see his head hands, poking out. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, in, in the most recent issue, long range got misnamed as well, which is hilarious. It's like it's like full circle. It's like Larry... Well, it's not even Larry. It's like whoever's, you know, whoever's on the... The editor. Yeah, they just don't mm. know what long range looks like. <laughs> Do these um, guys not have like a story group? I guess it's not that big. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Yeah. What the creative team? You mean? Well, yeah. I mean, fact check. Larry is the story group. No, I, I guess this book's selling about what eight thousand copies a month or something like that. <laughs> okay. So that's the stretch, actually. But yeah, I'm a bit of a stickler on typos. It seems uh, Scarlet forgets how to spell Psychart's code name. She drops yeah. the e. Sick out. She calls him. Like, oh, awesome, man. I've got him. Tiger Force. Oh, whoa! That's that's a, a pretty exclusive figure. I mean, not not exclusive. I guess in the was UK, that just? Ex- yeah, that was just a Europe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I have cool. three of those, Steve. Nice with his white boots. Yeah, <laughs> him and Lifeline. Tiger Force was great, man. Then there's a canonical misspelling of Trouble Bubble, like on the box of the toy. It's spelled T R U B B L E. Yeah, I always thought that was quite quaint, but it seems like they've the dropped it. it yeah. They just spell Trouble. I feel like they were hard to find over here. Never had one. I think it's just like luck of the draw, honestly, mate, because where I was, Trouble Bubbles, you know, they were everywhere. I I managed to get one when I was a kid. Peg warmers. I must point out this, though. Lightfoot's in it very, very minimally, but I love the fact (laughs) that he's in Is he? in this issue? Yeah. Stalker's like telling Tunnel Rat, Tripwire, and Lightfoot to kind of, you know, do all of the, you know, because they're like a team of bomb disposal gangsters. I see it now. uh, Yeah. Back shot. Yeah, there he is. Um, <laughs> All over his back. Uh, listen, um, again, I'm confused, as always. Why is Cobra doing a mass exit from the pit? I know they're saying that they've rigged all the G.I. Joe vehicles and armoury, but I don't understand why they went there in the first place and now they're suddenly leaving. I think you've just got to take the leap, Chief, on this one. The leap? For this- what, though? What? <laughs> they're scared of snake eyes, man. 
They're scared of the amoebas in the drinking water. Because uh, <laughs> to fill you guys in, G.I. Joe has been conducting terror tactics on Cobra while they've been at the pit. They've basically been shitting in the drinking water. <laughs> Sweet. Do you like I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Is there, is there? Am I just supposed to don't know, go with it, or does someone want to posit some some reasoning? They're just getting out of Dodge before Joe get there because they've they've been battling a very small force of Joes initially, which is something they can do. But when the entire team return, they're going to be you know that's that's going to be like a a dangerous situation for them. So they do the bait and switch. But surely. They thought that team was going to turn up at some point anyway. Chief, I, I crunched the numbers for you, man, if you're oh. interested to know. I kind of tallied up all the personnel that could possibly have been in that big double <laughs> splash. Yes. It's about 95 Cobras manning those vehicles and sort of marching alongside and manning the trouble bubbles and stuff. Okay, so we had suggested on the last episode that maybe a thousand Cobra Troopers, but clearly a tenth of that. Far less than that, yeah. And Mindbender said that 30 had deserted. A hundred or more were in the infirmary, and seven had been abducted. So Cobra only really had like 250 guys to begin with. Right, okay. Much smaller force than I thought originally then, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But when you consider that G.I. Joe at this point has about 70 members in its personnel roster... But how, I know you, you, because you tried counting all the Joes that we'd seen in this run. <coughs> tried? I uh, did. 65 <laughs> is what you counted. But they do yeah. mention in this issue that someone says, we've called up Joes who are on other assignments. Which yeah, could man. Suggest... Cover Girl just steps out of the, the wings along with a wow. few others. Yeah, yeah. nice. Mindbender's been mentioned. I do like that panel where he's treating the wounded and he's got Novocaine. This Novocaine is especially effective if your injuries are anywhere near your teeth. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, the guy like... just asked for an ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is funny, man. I love the fact that Toxo Viper's like helping out with all of the, the meds. Toxo <laughs> yeah. Viper, love I'm that. on a fucking leaky suit brigade anywhere near the meds. What's going on with his helmet, though? Yeah, that's Jeez. not a design I'm familiar with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm staring at him in the cabinet right now, and he doesn't look like that, but anyway. I don't think anyone's familiar with that design. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clearly the artist wasn't familiar with that. <laughs> I, like that, I like the fact that it sounds like they're just winging it on this book, which is great. I love it. They don't seem to care about getting stuff wrong, and they're just doing it. <laughs> eight thousand eight, 8, copies a month be damned mate you've got a lot just... more a lot more mistakes happen in the next couple of years on this run i'll tell you that much <laughs> print it just go send it more directed at ben i guess because he probably hasn't seen it much thoughts on cobra commander's spanking new battle armor yeah it's okay i mean so so basically that is not him he's not in that is he in this no. issue when he's scrapping blue ninja because um that was another funny bit when the the trooper dude uh, just shoots him. He's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he nails him. Yeah. <laughs> I did think it was going to go the way of, because we've seen this happen quite a lot, when jo- uh, Jane and Joe Colton show up, normally that means you're going to get the super uh, death ray laser that can solve any problem uh, cannon. But it's quite nice that they show up and they say, oh, no, actually, we can't use that now. We- we've got to get a direct line from the president to be able to use it. So... I thought that was too trigger happy. Yeah, I thought that was going to solve all the problems, but it was nice that they swerved it. Mm. Yeah, take that out of the equation in a sense. Just kind of circling back on your Cobra Commander battle armor, he looks very much like the other IDW incarnation of 
Craik as Cobra Commander. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He does. I always thought that was quite weird. From that that, they that, went uh, the, that. the separate IDW continuity they mm. did. But he does. Yeah, very much so. And then I think I've seen, we've seen sort of Chuckles as well, haven't we? We saw Chuckles when he appeared in this book was very much the persona of that other continuity's version of Chuckles. So yeah, yeah. Larry famously, I think, has said he doesn't read anyone else's G.I. Joe books. But it could be that the artist is just taking inspiration yeah. from what they have at, at hand because Larry does, you know, he gives them the script and then they go nuts with it effectively. Yeah. I thought this armor took some stylings from the Sigma 6 design. I was going to say Sigma 6 too, mm. actually. But yeah, it's got very it's big vibes, man. And question for Chief and quite possibly Chris as well. Does this make Cobra Commander's showdown with BN001, the leader of the Blue Ninjas, do you now assume that that was actually his robot double and not actually Cobra Commander? Because he does some pretty ballsy things Possibly. in that one-on-one with the, the Blue Ninja leader. I don't think they had acquired the tech at that point, had they? Or not? Oh, yeah. Good point. Because this is unveiled within this suit is the the Blue Ninja bat kind of right. hybrid. Revanche. But, I mean, Chief, at the time, you were like, how is this congruous with with uh, cobra commander's character to throw himself in front of like an rpg yes you're right yeah. <laughs> to save to save ostensibly snake eyes baroness and storm shadow people that cobra commander shouldn't actually give a shit about oh, you're no prize in it he like, would yeah. be you'd yeah. do better without them in the way in actual fact mm-hmm. yeah eat that yeah, you're right you're right anyways um, let's not bring up the past shall we <laughs> is this cobra commander well it's not cobra commander but let's the faux Cobra Commander versus Duke, this is the first time they've physically tangled since issue 24, maybe? When they Blimey. captured they capture the Commander. I know this isn't Cobra Commander, but the first you know time someone posing as Cobra Commander has faced off Duke fist-to-fist, I think, in 170 Possibly, because Cobra Commander doesn't necessarily oh, wow. always have, like... He doesn't have a lot of fist fights with G.I. No, Joe true. characters. Ah, yeah. oh, you see, because I was coming into this, reading this, I was thinking, oh, this is kind of like what your average issue is like. We're getting lots of this, but no, you're not getting that at all, by the sounds of it. Well, it, they, they pack a lot of characters in every issue. I must have, I'll give him that. It's like, it's always... And that's why we get so many uh, mistakes, I think, because they try and... He tries to cram in as many characters as he, po- as he possibly can, pretty much on the regular. Did IDW ever flirt with bringing back Serpentor or stuff like that? Yeah. They did? They've, Is that? Hang on, hang on. Let me think. Has Serpentor been in it since? Uh, this run up to 200, not yet. He's been um, sort of bandied about. I mean, they've definitely dropped his name and it's been quickly shut down. Oh, they have dropped his name. They, they said he's packed on ice, didn't they, at one point? I'm trying to think if he's, if he's cropped up since in like the run up to now though i can't even think i'm having such a brain fart there probably not in actual fact right correct me if i'm wrong viewers but larry has this is for ben larry has brought characters back from the dead inadvertently so for example oh my God. Oh, quick october kick. guard uh, uh crazy legs i was thinking uh crazy legs am i is yeah, sneak peek sneak, was probably oh, the, the, yeah, the yeah, not, was not the crazy. first that was the major worst one. one. That was the worst. You then had to one. seriously like kind of double back and retcon. So, do you remember this is for Ben? Do you remember the issue in Benzene where all the Joes died, like Battle Force yeah. and all that? And there was a scene where Dusty and Sneak Peek uh, behind some cars in a courtyard, and then, I think is it a, a mother and a kid or something like that? A yeah. trying to civilians trying to run to freedom. Sneak Peek goes out to try and save the kid and gets gunned down by Vipers. 
and Dusty carries his body, his dead body, back to base camp. And, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Sneak Pete's then dead. And they'd kind of preface that with a, a flashback scene where Dusty was at Sneak Peaks uh, at the holiday season, Thanksgiving, having turkey dinner or whatever, and he met his parents. So, yeah, Sneak Peek dead. But then <laughs> Sneak Peek suddenly appeared in some of these IDW issues. And so then Larry had to kind of backtrack and write some... <laughs> Uh, yes story deep to, cover story uh, deep Ooh, cover story been... to, to kind of explain why he wasn't dead because i think <laughs> it was an accident by larry wasn't it he didn't it wasn't part yeah, of the, yeah. It, it was it was a mistake sneak yeah. peek was also killed in another idw ongoing continuity like completely separate from a real american hero oh, really? i feel really bad for the guy he's always <laughs> like first on the chopping block yeah yeah <laughs> so what we, what we've seen here are these pretty much the main players at the moment it's every player at the moment, by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, the, well, yeah. the Dreadnoughts have had a, a good look in from this period of Larry's writing, I think, but obviously not in this issues. But, you know, Road Pigs come back, right. Zoranas in the action, Zartan's around. Surely when they started this, they must have thought, okay, give people what they want, yeah? That's the goal, isn't it, with yeah. this kind of relaunch? So they're not going to dick about, they're just going to go back to the core characters that people love i guess i think they quickly well not quickly but they're going to cede to to larry larry's the writer there's probably not going to be a real american hero book if larry's not writing it so yeah Yeah. they have to kind of toe the line with what he wants to do to a certain degree but i guess he's been flexible in the past about including stuff that he didn't want to more so at marvel when it was a big selling book and he kind of had to agree to the the hasbro and the marketing people what to include i guess he's got a lot more freedom if not if not complete freedom on this book but what i'm saying is back in the day every issue you're obviously getting new characters and stuff it isn't like that in this run is what you're saying well that would all been tied to that's what i mean tied to toys yeah so made from his point of view this must be just a just so much fun yeah because he's not having to shoehorn in i don't know a toxic sludge viper man that you know glows (laughs) when you put him in warm water do you remember when he just dropped the cyber viper in randomly (laughs) yeah 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 that was like in the 150s or something wasn't it yeah oh man the vipers were out of control i was having to buy all of those jokers it was a nightmare (laughs) it was so daunting i remember so clearly being at like mcdonald's in like i don't know 1990 and they just released a new season of toys and i actually started crying because it was i'd only just finished the one before i was like oh my god mum, i have to buy all of these (laughs) what a problem to have uh, anyway we've got some we've got some good toy talk coming towards the end of the show uh we're all gonna reminisce about collecting and um, he's talking bullshit don't listen to him Uh, what do you think about this blueprint where jane's oh yeah punched up on the map and it's got the the ramp to the y-wing fighter launch module (laughs) which is quite cool can i just say one thing before we go any further Uh, i've noticed in here joe colton he mentions uh, like it's one of those things where you know they mention the name of the movie in the movie yeah (laughs) Yeah. it was that moment and i'm like oh cool he says priority is to get the joe armor up and rolling to mount a pursuit of cobra and obviously pursuit of cobra (laughs) was the toy line following rise of cobra and I just wanted to mention that because I read that and got all giddy that he mentioned the movie <laughs> inside the movie. But anyway, carry on. Yes, you're right. We're at the cool display of that base. I, I really like my two favourite bits are, like we said, the Y-Wing launch. Do, is that a thing? Am I 
off base here or Pun intended. missing a point that a Y-Wing fighter is something in the Joe universe or is it not? I <sighs> couldn't fucking tell you. I think it might just be a jokey little right, thing okay. that Larry's put in maybe a Star Wars reference. Much like the ninja exit near the bottom. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> only only ninjas. ninjas may pass. Look, Chief, <laughs> the only analogue I can think of is the Skystorm X-Wing chopper which was a dual-purpose helicopter that converts to a jet, uh, and it was called right. the X-Wing. But I just, uh, you know, this is, I don't know. I don't know what Y-Wing refers to. Is that a, a three-bladed X-Wing chopper? <laughs> so a Y-Wing is just a broken one of those, is what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, big I time. do like, I love the fact that in the in the, the team that are watching this, kind of the audience of Joes that are kind of going through this PowerPoint presentation... In the background, you can see they've done like silhouettes of Tollbooth with his massive hammer, uh, Sergeant Slaughter clearly, and I'm guessing Snake Eyes in, in there is like their like little uh, silhouettes that you can see oh, lit yeah, up. Yeah, I just yeah, think it's a lovely page, touch. Yeah. yeah, that's quite cool. Or is it Sergeant Slammer? Oh, it's definitely Slammer. They can't of use course. Slaughter now. That's that's owned by someone else. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder, like, why couldn't they then use the likeness if they yeah, they it had Sergeant Slammer? They had issues with uh, the likeness i think as well because like he would crop up off panel all the time in 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 these comics like there's one where his reflection from the sunlight is is on the ground and that's as that's all you get like that's all you get from him but you can see the reflection of him um but yeah it's like i don't yeah I, they obviously have issues with with the with wwe and now they're gonna have issues with uh with uh, Action Force. Well, they don't have the rights to use his likeness anymore. Well, they didn't have it the, the, the after the ca- the cartoon because his his likeness was tied up with WWE and then with other his right. own his own kind of you know. I always IP. remember in the movie. I thought it was re- I thought it was like dubbed as in in the UK we got Slammer and in the US we That's got correct, Slaughter. Yeah. That was correct. <laughs> yeah, Chris knows all about them redubs. Oh yeah, yes, man. we've been doing watch live watch along streams of all the cartoons. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. They're good. They're really good. Chris, do you think that Beachhead says no? Shit, I don't. Pathetic. Think. No, I think he says pathetic, <laughs> which is pink. Yeah, we, we me and Chief were desperate for him to say shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit of a Groundhog Day discussion, I think, because the last time the three of you were all on a podcast, yeah. you had this talk as well. Yeah. Oh no, man, it's the rose. Uh, I was adamant. I was like, hell no, they they don't say naughty words. I'll tell you who's going to be happy here, and that is um, S Jubs, because. There's a moment where Joe talks about uh, Hawk and he says General Abernathy and he doesn't say General Hawk because uh, <sighs> listeners of the show will know that uh, S-Jubs does not like any references to rank and codename. So General Hawk is a big no-no. Uh, right. So, yeah. Okay. And he calls him General Abernathy, which is I knew would please uh, S-Jubs. <laughs> Pet peeve. Well, I think they do call Falcon... Lieutenant, Lieutenant Falcon, Falcon in the yeah. beginning, so you know it's 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 a trade-off. Yep. It's uh, yep. swings and roundabouts, mate. But his name, his surname is Falcone, yeah, with an e on the end. Yes, okay. You want to pick on that thread? Yeah, ironically, <laughs> Vincent Falcone. So they should be calling him Lieutenant Falcone. They shouldn't be calling him Lieutenant what? Falcon. Especially think of Don Johnson doing the voice. Well, Falcons is is code name, isn't mm. it? Don't mix rank with code name. Yeah, I demand that there be an out of timers episode devoted to GI Joe the movie. Come on, Ben, make it happen. Yeah, baby. man, I love. It. I don't think happen. Chief's a big fan. Well, I don't care. No, I'm not saying I'm not a big fan. I haven't seen it for like. 
30 years. Chief, we, we gave one of our mates, we used to call him BET, the Broadcast Energy Transmitter. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, we had a mate, we had a mate, such a good nickname. We had a mate called Brett and we just redubbed him to BET. And it wasn't, it was just, it wasn't Broadcast Energy Transmitter. Did it he just, cover everyone in a golden glow? It was glow. just BET. The BET. It should have been the BRET, surely. Uh-oh. That was partially Uh-oh. because I used to call people spell their names out. so i used to call your brother gav instead of saying gav i would spell his name out and then your cousin rod i would just spell people's names <laughs> god and then when the hell did chiefy two shoes four pairs or eight pairs rubber nipples come from who knows was that just something that came out of ben or gav or who who came up with that uh yeah these these clowns did him and his brother came up with that no uh-huh. idea origin unknown um well one thing you know i think we've pretty much covered this issue or we can pick out a few other bits but one thing that i did kind of question was uh, mindbender and cobra commander having a chat and cobra commander ends up by saying i'll have none of that now is the time to press forward i already have a new plan and i'm just thinking wait a minute you've just been ran roughshod over by five joes <laughs> with tail between your legs and now's the time to press forward so this guy just doesn't stop. Larry settled into his sort of cartoon plan of the week scheme yeah. kind of writing. And of course he ends it out with, there will be blood. Ooh. Yeah. There's already <laughs> been blood when Snake Eyes was uh, hacking up his Cobra Troopers and uh, slashing their Achilles heels. <laughs> Big time. Mm. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah, that was the previous ep- issue, I think, where it's all silhouetted. And um, Snake Eyes is... and actually, I don't like anything to do with slashing of the Achilles heel. Okay. Just a couple of movies as a kid that stuck with me. Ugh. And now I see what you were talking about, Diagnostic, on that last panel of the last page, where they've opened this locked blast door. Beep, Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. And um, he's like, um, oh my, not what I expected. Not by a long shot. And then we... What's back there? Ultra Magnus or something? <laughs> yeah, well... Are, are you going to read issue 201? No. Oh, so well, I'm honestly. definitely going to have to find out after this. I'm Googling the heck out of that. You try to tell me there's a massive transformer there? No. no. That's wild. No, yes that, and no. Yeah, yeah. Or is it a Y-Wing? It's, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> the ultimate crossover. I wish it was a Y-Wing. It's the Death Star. <laughs> what, what's, what's your boys' thoughts overall then on this issue? And I'm not sure when the last time you read this kind of arc diagnostic, but this whole um, invading the pit kind of thing. Bored. Yeah. <laughs> Seen, no, it, I'm seen it before. I, I'm, I must admit, like I, I'd get to the point where I'm, I'm sick of the brainwave scanner. So that's that's one thing that always annoys me when it appears, and it's 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 back again, back once again for the Renegade Master in the new <laughs> series. And now we're looking at a yet another pit invasion, which again has happened recently as well. Yeah. And I just kind of, I'm, I, get, I just, I just wish we could move on and do something else. But don't get me wrong, I do enjoy it, and I do. There are elements I really enjoy, but most of them are like these little bits and pieces that you know dropped in and around there, like the Sergeant Slaughter silhouette, and you know the fact that Joe Colton says Pursuit of Cobra, and the fact that you've got loads of vehicles and characters and stuff popping up and Lightfoot, and that I really enjoy, and I love seeing how. And I love the art, and but most of the time I just kind of gloss over it. Like you're kind of saying, why is Cobra doing this and why is Cobra doing that? I've lost the will to live in trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So I just I just let it breeze over me like a like a, a wet mist. <laughs> Jeez, that was good. So potentially, Ben, you got more out of it than Diagnostic. 
No, but I can completely, I can completely see where he's coming from. I mean, I'm just coming in reading this one issue, but I'm immediately thinking, okay, it makes sense to do this for maybe five or ten issues, but then I think you have to do something new and exciting. And like, can you just lean into nostalgia with this IP? What do you do with it? I don't know. It kind of, I feel like it leads on to a much bigger conversation about. G.I. Joe and, and what they should do with it. Is it good that Harm is writing it? I, I guess it is, is it, from your point of view, Chief? It's coming from the same place, isn't it? The same lens. Well, for me personally, I think this is a fairly unspectacular milestone 200th issue. I think if yeah. you had gone back and read the previous, you know, some stuff around the late 180s into the early 190s you know only six months prior you'd have got some really good that like the guys mentioned the two issue story arc where they bring in the you know muton and black major and the red shadows at sea it's a fantastic two-parter then there's the one where lady J and low light they're on the assassination mission in wherever that was and there's this really really bad guy called generalissimo tep that's a fantastic tense two-parter and chuckles has to go on a rescue mission um so they were almost felt like special missions i know chris has a big lean towards special missions love it yes and they felt like that and this issue i don't think as your reintroduction to it it's easy to assess that oh this is just kind of treading the same water that i've seen before so i don't know i think uh, probably straight away from the point of whether larry being on it is a good thing or not i've got up to the recent issue whatever there's 270 or 271 but i haven't read I only i only read up to like 230 so chris obviously reads and reviews them on full force every every month so he's better placed to say whether is larry in his current guise treading water or is he still coming up with new things it's hard to say because i again i've been having I've been having like a, I don't know, I've been on like a, you know, three potatoes out of five kind of rating system for a long kind of extended period of time. Then the the odd issue will pop up and it'll be like really good. But like currently we're in this thing called snake hunt. And I have to say that very carefully and separate the words (laughs) because my goodness, they did not think that one through, did they? Or they maybe they did and they just thought it was hilarious. But anyway, snake vaginas aside, the story is like, it's a ten-parter, but they're, I feel like there's a story in there that they've stretched out. And rather than, like, like ten issues to me isn't very much. I think you could get, a, like, you could pack a lot into ten issues, make it very, you know, moving fast and, and ha- things happening. But it seems like there'll be, like, three issues they dedicate to the build-up to the fourth issue then the fourth issue happens you're like oh amazing and then you just go back to this like very slow build up again and i think you've only got 10 issues to tell the story you don't really want to be spending six seven issues of that just building up to an issue so i've been having issues with that recently i think it's going to end it's going to end on issue 275 which is it's not even a like a a 50 or 100 but they'll still class that 275 as some kind of anniversary milestone number i guess Mm. why is it gonna end sorry chief no that story arc oh it's a 10 part story arc that finishes on sorry i thought you meant the whole thing was shutting down almost Um, did covid19 in in the back back of (laughs) this issue that we've just looked at 200 uh they actually bring back postbots to the pit and although it has been throughout the idw run but um there is a letter here by 
Uh, I think a couple of you guys here will know. Um, so I'll just read out the letter. Dear Larry, having had the honour of meeting you, I'm sure you'll humbly shake shake off all of this praise, but I can think of no creator in any other medium whose work has brought me more entertainment. The mosaic, josaic, you've created will never be forgotten. And I've got to say thank you. Thanks for 200 plus issues of great characters, stories, dialogue, military insight, humour, and all the subtle touches that make every issue a joy to read. Thanks for the way you've always managed to combine realism with over-the-top, some might say crazy, concepts, never forgetting that comics should be fun. Thanks for not talking down to your readers, whether they're a seven-year-old whose most prized possessions in the world are a Rikondo action figure and a co- oh, I'd love a Rikondo, and a copy of G.I. <laughs> Joe 38 or a 30-something who spends his free time making rap songs about ninjas. Thank you for returning to this book and thank you to IDW for making it happen. I hope to see it continue for years to come. Yo, Joe, Sean, Word Burglar, Jordan. Now, obviously, you're good friends with Word Burglar. Yes. Yes. Very, very good friends with uh, Sean J. Berg. Yeah. Um, he obviously is famous for Welcome to Cobra Island, many, many amazing rap albums as well. On top of that, Raplicable Skills, Third Burglar, Friggin' uh, Rhyme Your Business. He's done like amazing, amazing stuff. And, you know, Welcome to Cobra Island was my introduction to Word Burglar. And that was uh, roughly around the same time that we started the Full Force podcast. Man, that's been a long fucking time. Really? And and he, I remember because I was, I was working on an album myself. And I remember he dropped that album and I was like, you bastard. Because I was doing the same <laughs> thing. I was like working on like Action Force and G.I. Joe related kind of, you know, subject matter. And I had all these beats and everything that I'd, I'd already made. And uh, I remember he dropped that album. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, but then obviously loved it. It was amazing. And instead of releasing an album, we used the music for the podcast. And obviously it made the podcast a little bit more interesting and more fun and, and so on and so forth. So it was, it kind of worked out in the, in the end. And, and funnily enough, it worked out to such a degree that after meeting him at a number of conventions and, and chatting away and having him on the show a couple of times and interviewing him, we got really close and now we work together and he often utilizes a lot of the work I've done musically and Wicked. we've we collaborated recently on an amazing space verse album which is if you haven't listened to it guys it is amazing it's chock full of some incredible tracks based on you know Star Wars and there's a visionaries track that I produced for him on there which is just like probably my favorite thing I've ever done in life uh my favorite accomplishment is making that beat and um and him rapping on it it's visionaries related which like I couldn't cannot tell you now how much that makes me smile that you know one of the most obscure not to like us I know it wasn't an obscure reference to us but like to a lot of people it is a you know no one really knows what it is and it's this amazing you know, nights, future nights, but gone back in time at the same time, magic kind of, you know, franchise. And it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, the fact that I managed to make a beat from some of the music in that show and he's used it just uh, just blew me away. So yeah, Transformers on there, some just amazing, amazing tracks. So Not check that out. Is it out, buddy? Yeah, it's out. It's out. On, oh, amazing. Just, t- just search Word Burglar Space Verse. Space verse, one word. Crikey, it sounds so up my street. It's not even funny. Mate, you'll love it. Transformers The beats, second best thing tran- you've ever done is the uh, Snack Attacker. Snack, snack, snack Attacker. <laughs> True, actually, that was... That w- uh, that for a while, that was leading the way, but then I did this Visionaries track. <laughs> no, I'm going I'm to uh, check that out. I'm which is called that. Spectral Mike, which is just genius, because okay. it's the Spectral Knights, they were called in, uh, in, in Visionaries. Cool, checking that out, checking that out. Um, Cool. I think that about wraps up our comic talk. Um, we'll be talking toys in a minute, but have we got time for some uh, colloquialisms? 
Absolutely. Okay, let's over egg that pudding. We got a pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna over egg that pudding. Ain't got no criticisms. We got some Commonwealth colloquialisms. Who wants to confuse people first? S Jubs, you normally have two because you have to do a South African and an Australian. Oh, brilliant. Greedy son of a bitch. I've heard that. You go first, then me and uh, Diagnostic will be the uh, meat filling. And I've got one that you oh, always got say. One. Oh, f- fine. We got we got five. So uh, S Jubs, kick us off with uh, a South African. Uh, South African? You want the South African first? Yeah. All right. In that case, this is. Uh, the same meaning, but it has two different words. Uh, the first word is myth, and the other <laughs> word is sif. Uh, what do you suppose those words mean? I'll, I'll use it in a sentence. Oh, dude, those chicks are so sif. Sif. Uh, I'm just going to say fit or hot. Okay. And if I was to use uh, the other one in the sentence, I'm feeling myth. I'm going to say gross. Correct, Amondo. Oh. Yeah. Only because you, like, hesitated on what uh, Chief said, so I just went with the opposite. <laughs> oh, poker face. You're reading the other player. Yeah, no. Myth or sif means gross or disgusting. Amazing. Mm. S-Jubs, yeah. when, you're, when you're younger and you would have been trying to chat up a girl in Oof. South Africa, would you say... Uh, I'm I'm tuning. I'm tuning. Is that a thing? <laughs> Damn it! You've just given away a, another uh, <laughs> colloquialism. I could have tripped. Dude, cheap, but, it's cheap like people always like, yeah, they're like, oh Ben, you're tuning that girl. You're tuning. You're tuning. I'm like, what the heck is tuning? Is it like? Is it is in reference to guitar tuning? You're dialing in your FM radio, oh, man. You're getting on the same frequency. Is that it? I see. You're twisting her her knob. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you're fiddling with her. Buttons. I don't want her to have a knob. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a British colloquialism. Um, yeah, tuning. I guess it just means like chatting That's up. That's true. I wouldn't care. Okay, like it. <laughs> That's really true. I wouldn't really care. Uh, cool. Okay, Ben, you said you had one, so far away. No, you keep saying it. When you like something, Chief, or you're feeling good, you're always saying, yeah, that buzzes my berries. Right. And I'm always like, does he mean his balls? I don't know what that means. <laughs> ben, you've said that pumps my nads. So I guess yeah. it's the same thing, isn't I it? I do mean my balls. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> so that buzzes my berries. I guess it is the same as pumping your nads. That tweaks my God, tackle. What a life. Yeah, tweaking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tweaking my tackle. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, diagnostic, what you got for us? My one is what I've, I've used. I use it all the time and forgot it's really kind of a, a, a British colloquialism, or at least it, it's one that I heard a lot growing up. And that is the term... Two thirds of fuck all, which basically means nothing. I like that. And That's I use it all the time, and I always get funny looks out here. Like, what? Like, they have to work, like, it's a math equation they have to work yeah. out. They're like, like, why don't no. you just say nothing? Well, because it's yeah, more exactly. fun to say two thirds. It's funny to, to go, around the, yeah, go around the houses, yeah, which is exactly. another one. Exactly. <laughs> About buses. That's a statement on the American education system. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anything um, multiplied by zero is still fuck all. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, my one is I think originated in Ireland uh, and then UK and Commonwealth. So we'll all know this piece of piss. No one's going to have to guess it here, but it might confuse some non-Commonwealth countries. Was it and piece of piss? There's more to Ireland than this. 
and this is the phrase <laughs> bob's your uncle you have used that on the Did show I? before okay. yes because <laughs> we, we, dis- we discussed the whole diagnostic bob's your uncle. never forgets baby. i never forget okay. i'm like a, i'm like an elephant okay they, bob's your was, uncle and fanny's your aunt fanny's your aunt yeah we had a whole conversation Did about we? it okay there you go get another one now you've got two seconds <laughs> all right s jobs uh, oh. you give us your australian one fanny damn it man why can't america just stop calling it a fanny pack please <laughs> it's, a bu- <laughs> it's a bum bag a vagina bag <laughs> <laughs> anyways the australian term that i have for y'alls today is bogan bogan yeah yeah like a chav or a townie uh yeah those are British colloquialisms. Give me some more terms. <laughs> a chav. What is a chav been? Oh, yeah, he's a... <laughs> chavs are nar mate. We used to call them nar mates. But um, so you still got me guessing, man. Bogans. Um, yeah, like a country bumpkin or a hick. Yeah. Mm, no. I feel like every. Would that be like white trash in America? I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. I guess so. Basically. I mean, I'm in Queensland and famously like Bogans are from around here. Like this is the Bogan state. Yeah. Uh, no offence to anyone who is listening to this who's from Queensland. <laughs> that non-taken, yeah. I guarantee. <laughs> Speak, I it, it all, it's basically, yeah, that their entire behaviour is like unrefined or unsophisticated so you're you're a snob for calling someone a bogan basically (laughs) so so quick question for diagnostic and ben what's the difference between a chav and a pikey nothing necessarily well a pikey i guess is more of a like a gypsy reference isn't it i suppose i mean it's all pretty traveler it's pretty rough yeah traveler okay hey man i was at the beach the other day and a bunch of pikeys like got in my car <laughs> like, they're like it was full snatch they were irish too they're like hey that's a nice car mister they're like how much is that car mister and i was like shit they're in they're in the car were you in it? i was in it <laughs> you were in it and, and like, they got in the my, car my yeah because i you know it's got the the big doors go up and yeah. like they, they were just like i looked back and i saw indy sitting there my goodness and there was this little <laughs> Gypsy kid in there. How'd you get him out? Jeez. And then the big, and then the big guy came over. <laughs> oh shit! Like, he, he was in charge of like fifteen of them, <laughs> and he was like, "How much your car cost, Mister?" He was like, "Oh, God bless you, son. God bless you." And I was like, "Oh my God!" And then I went and parked it down the street, and then I went for a run, and I saw him all near it. I was like, "Oh God, get get off my Tesla, mate!" <laughs> Jeez. Uh, guys, yeah. uh, give me thirty seconds. I just want to see my wife or if she's about to leave for work. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, nice. that's nice. 29. He does, he does quick work. 28, 27, <laughs> 26, 25, 24. Finished. <laughs> yeah. That's a new world record. <laughs> He's got to spend the rest of the time cleaning that up. Yeah, that's right. probably what it, Yeah. Give him another 30 seconds. What? To, what to, it's like early doors over there. Jeez. He's dedicated. It's nice being back on again. Yeah, it's wicked. It's wicked. I'm back. So, so when you said you had to go and see your wife off, and it was going to take you thirty seconds to do it, uh, you worked quick. I set my stopwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she pushed me off. She was like, "Okay, bye. We play Streets of Rage tonight." <laughs> Is that what she said? Yeah, you do. Like, nice. You should do that. Nice. You bastards. Out of time was the straw that broke the camel's back. Streets of Rage Four is now in the Steam collection. Nice. Even though, oh, even though you I said, got that game. you said to me. Oh, and I said, you've got to play Street Rage 4. You said, no, man, it's not a retro game. I'm not playing that. No, but I knew that couldn't be right. It didn't feel right. There was a disturbance in the force. I was like, that doesn't sound like something he would say. I thought maybe you hadn't seen the trailer or... I mean, you've got to get the game just for the soundtrack, haven't you? It's insane. 
I kind of wish they had remastered and rearranged the original tracks. Like, I, I'm dying for, Is like, a few more... Is there not some of that more... in there? I think so. I haven't gotten to it yet. But I, I spoke like, to the dude, oh, and he man. let me. he's let me use the track for this video I'm making. Nice. I'm Excellent. well chuffed. Good. Yeah, I, I haven't played it yet, though. I'm, I'm so pumped for it, though. It looks fantastic. But your missus, Dr. Kim, is banging to Streets of Rage. Dude, I couldn't hold her back. I mean, Dude, I you've got like, a keeper there, then. That's a keeper. Because <laughs> she was like, we need to get awesome. Streets of Rage. And I was like, okay, honey, we're running your credit card thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cheap, but, you know, it's the principle. Okay, so S- how are you playing it, Streets of Rage? Uh, it's two player on the. Through, on I've got the laptop Cleveland plugged into Steam. the um the the, okay. the flat screen. Nice. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So what do you do? You just sit down, go for completion. That's a bit personal. Yeah. Basically, continues. just just fight our way through it, stage by stage. She is always blaze, <laughs> and nice. I guess that leaves me with Axel. But she doesn't like you beating her score, does she? Do you look at the scores, Ooh, buddy? It's it's bad bad news. She tends to last longer in the fights, but you know I I go for maximum carnage. <laughs> I have uh, far higher score. I rarely look at the score in that game. Maybe I should. Oh, mm. She she hangs a lot of consequence on it. I must say, she gets angry. Does time. it translate into the bedroom? <laughs> so have you completed all three? Yes, and I must say, if you can get your hands on the Japanese release, the Bare Knuckle Three. Yeah, yeah. It's great, man. Oh man! Don't waste your time with the European version. Really? What what's the difference then? Well, the color palettes on the characters is different. Uh, the for one, color I mean, that's palettes just, is different. That's just cosmetic, but uh, the difficulty of the European and American release is a huge spike. Basically to stop you from finishing it after one night's rental, basically. That's oh. the theory behind it, but it makes it just a awkward game to play. You're like, this boss shouldn't be killing me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah. did you do oh, did you do 1, 2 and 3? Yeah. Okay, fine. Right. Natural progression was four. 2020's Streets of Rage 4. Damn straight. Okay. So when you yeah, f- I must say I mean I'm really enjoying it. It's it's hitting all the the, the right the right buttons. It's buzzing your berries. Yeah. It's cheap. Indeed. It's pumping my nads. Okay. <laughs> oh um, god. Listen, we've uh, we've we've confused people and Chief's lost his memory, but I, I definitely do want to now put some kind of toy talk into this segment. And before we go, does anyone mind if I could quickly have a piss because yeah, I've it. drunk too much Arizona green tea? Yes. You obviously go, have not Chief learned from does. Chief and just have a bottle nearby. No, that's disgusting. Oh. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'll be right back. The Golden Joes, baby. <laughs> 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 I guess we're going to get into the toys in a minute, and that that's kind of my way back in because Phoenix is kind of into it a little bit. So, oh, wonderful! You said you've yeah. got a Toxo Viper in a cabinet. Uh, yeah, got he's got any a other couple. Figures? Oh okay. God, we got lots. I mean, maybe seventy, eighty figures, maybe a lot. Great. I'm still going through and. Uh, was it you chief did you send me a bunch of o-rings yeah was it you or did i buy them myself um i don't know but i think maybe you sent me some and i've really enjoyed restoring them it's so awesome yeah it's been like when you re-bring one back to life it's very satisfying my god one of my favorite pastimes is sourcing parts to the vehicles Oh, like God. childhood vehicles that have been missing a seatbelt or a pane of glass or a missile cap or like an antenna. Dude, well, I might be able to hook you up because that's what I feel like I've got, but I don't have the massive hulking bits of plastic. I've just got Ooh. like the weirdest little bits of all the vehicles I had because 
I think from a storage point of view, I don't know. I just don't have any vehicles. They've all gone. And I had loads. Well, if you ever pour your parts bin out onto the floor and take a picture. Dude, I'll take a photo. You might go go crazy for some of them. I don't have that vast a collection as you might think. I mean, like... (coughs) Sorry army building or anything but ah, this guy's a yeah camel. maybe the odd the odd piece here and there might might help sorry about mm. that guys i'm back yeah, i just had good. to there was a triple whammy i did a wee but also my dog had done a poo and a wee on the floor oh, so nice. i just had to uh, do a quick sorry, clean up buddy. it's all good it was, it's, how is it's manageable. She, by the way <laughs> he uh, she phoebe was the one that did that phoebe, she's yeah, fine the they're fine they're, they're doing really well both of them max is the boy and they're they yeah they do great they're doing they're doing they're having a great time they out in great uh, rhode island yeah. Although <laughs> last night we had obviously July July the fourth celebration, it was mm. mental. I've never known anything like it. Like there were probably six that I could work out major fireworks displays surrounding us, like major ones, like uh, in the area, oh. and then multiple people were also setting off fireworks, and it went from about it was a kill box. It went from about yeah. It went from about like six, seven o'clock all the way through to like one in the morning. And the dogs obviously were just hating it. Max is okay. He's quite calm. But Phoebe was just, you know, she she just did not have fun at all. Poor thing. In any case, sorry to, yeah, let's carry on with the episode. I apologize for that. That's tangent. all good. Where are we, Chief? Toy talk. So, yeah, it's time to talk about some toys. And on a recent episode of Talking Joe, I broached the question to s jobs about do kids still play with joe's action figures or you know i'm i'm by no means an expert in toy collecting especially adult toy collecting uh, you boys s jobs and diagnostic would be more experts than me and i guess the market now is definitely geared towards an older audience but i kind of suggested or asked the question do kids still play with gi joes young kids and you actually put this question to your your pal s jobs and his son actually weighed in with a response buddy i didn't even have to put it out to my pal all right his son listens to us right you better rein in that language chief (laughs) (laughs) he says the odd s or f uh, doesn't really put this kid off Um, he's he's seven is that right he turns nine in august actually chief but i mean he was seven once upon a time too (laughs) and and he has been a gi joe kid growing up now obviously dad's a big collector but this is what this young man had to say i love playing outside with my toys especially in the front yard because especially in the landscaping i even make bases out of the stones the driveway and the tree in our front yard those are also very great places it is very fun to play outside once i played outside for 13 hours solid and then got upset when I was asked to come in for the evening because they were trying to minimize my free time. That's how fun playing outside is. Until recently, I only had Neelan, a friend who lives about an hour away, that knew or cared about action figures. He is a kid who plays with Joes. Most kids play with Nerf, Pokemon, or video games at my school. That stuff, sort of, to me, is boring. It's mostly hard because other kids don't know what I'm talking about. G.I. Joe, 
is not as popular as it was back in the day when, like, you two were kids. Like, my dad was a kid. But we don't have that kind of stuff where you can just waltz into a store, like, pick up a few Joes, read the file cards. Recently, I helped introduce some kids into G.I. Joe. My friend Roslyn, my friend Miles, Finn, and London. Miles had a few, but didn't know that much. Miles knows the cartoons and has a couple of figures from his dad. I would rather play action figures than most other things, but I do like Nerf and building obstacle courses. And the obstacle courses are always really fun. You can do anything with toys. You make up everything, create the story, but video games? You have limited moves. You can't, like, for, say, A Legend of Zelda, you can't, like, you can't kick people, monsters, and defeat them. And you can't make up the dungeons. Like, you don't get to choose the monsters you fight. But with action figures, you get to choose the story. You get to kick people. It is very more fun. So here's some of my favorite toy lines. A-Rod G.I. Joe, Math, the G.I. Joe Classified Series 6-inch, Creo G.I. Joe, Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the Alternation line. I really like that. And Fishman from Fortnite 6, 6-inch. I hope this helps answer your questions, Chief. Thanks, little dude. Awesome personal account, that. But obviously it can't be easy to be the only kid who enjoys Joe. Maybe, Ben, you can speak to some of the difficulties uh, there are in cultivating a play culture with your own kids. Well, no, I was just... Are you specifically saying I think there's a difference between playing with G.I. Joe action figures or just action figures in general? Because, I mean, is there anything out? from G.I. Joe for an uh, eight, nine-year-old? Or is it all just adult-based, like super high detail, expensive? Like, is there a three-inch line out? I don't know. I don't I think there is. I walk through the toy aisles and three and three-quarter-inch action figures still have a place. You know, there, right, there okay. are the but odd not G.I. Joe, Star though. Wars figures. Yeah, no, sure. G.I. Joe has disappeared from that scale completely. Chris, maybe you can speak to that. Uh, certainly, G.I. Joe might have had an upgrade in your eyes. I mean, are you a fan of the 6-inch? I believe you are, wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the 6-inch, but mainly because... <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm a big fan of... Uh, I'm a big fan of the 12-inch as well. No, I'm a big fan of the 6-inch, yes, but I understand the... Like, this, there's a couple of interesting points here. One is that um, we're talking, yeah, at the moment, currently, it's only just, they've only just hit retail. They only hit retail on the first, and it's spotty at best in terms of distribution. So yeah, I've seen some of the pictures, but you had yours, you know, early doors, didn't you? Like I had one of them early doors, oh, okay. yeah, from, uh, the, but I still haven't got the rest of them. I got the Snake Eyes Deluxe figure kind of early-ish. Yeah. But they've kind of been trickling in and out, the, the six-inch line. You know, a lot of people have them, what, what have you. In terms of the toy aisles, in terms of children, the first point I'll make there is that I think if the, if the parents are into it, then the kids usually do gravitate to it a little bit. I've got a lot of friends in the GOJ community who have kids. And that I've noticed that they'll always, you know, their kids are always into it. They always come to the shows and they always enjoy themselves. And, you know, they, they collect themselves, uh, you know, figures or whatever. The... 
three and three quarter line is up in the air at the moment because Hasbro are doing a retro line. Yeah. Now we believe it is going to be a three and three quarter reproduction of what came in like the early eighties and, and and following that. We know the the figures involved. It's Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Baroness, Destro, Duke, etc., etc., Roblox. They're the 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 figures that you're going to be getting in that wave. And you're also getting a Hiss Tank and a, an Awe Striker. In actual fact, that's two two waves combined. Now, we know this from like official documentation, but we haven't seen anything yet. We don't know what Hasbro are going to do. They might change their tack. They might pivot. It's not out of the realms of possibility that they just take all of that off the table, scrap it, and, and move on. But I think there's a place for it, and there's a lot of people, still adults, that are, that are you know wanting it also i must say there's also a core figure assortment that's going to be coming along with the movie and that's just yeah, like basic figures of like maybe four to five inch size very basic less articulation probably more aimed at kids there's but a very mainstream surely yeah, like yeah. wide push you know pushed out exactly and then that'll they'll also tighten figures which are those big clunky 12 inch things that are always rubbish and have hardly any articulation but they'll be aimed at kids too so yeah there's i mean when the film comes out there's going to be more of it i believe but to kind of make the point kids will play with them and they'll be excited about them and they'll love them usually if their parents have given them that doorway to go through if you know what i mean now that six inch classified line which looked great i know with any kind of fan-based uh, <laughs> thing, you're going to get detractors because people want things a certain way, and if it's not exactly what they wanted, they're going to complain. But I think, and in general, the reaction seems to have been positive towards them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them at all, Ben, the six-inch Joes, but they look fantastic. Is is it basically like Star Wars Black Series? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that yeah. something that you would consider getting for Phoenix or not? Uh, it's something I'd consider getting for both of us <laughs> I, th- I think to you know we both we both kind of create um cabinets so i have one down here in the retro room where i've got my favorite gi joe figures in and then he's got one in his room and it was like what you guys were saying it's like yeah i just like chucked a bag full of like 80 gi joe figures in front of him and he lost his mind he was like what are these because he's not used to action figures and we play with them all the time but there's obviously there's no way he would have gravitated to them without my input and i think on a just a a kind of wider theme my problem with action figures is kind of i just think laziness from the toy companies and a sort of just a churning culture i think the star wars figures are a really good example Mm. of just so many different lines, so convoluted. Mm. So when I was collecting G.I. Joe's, it was just very, you know, you'd get your, the season would come out. Yeah. You'd have X amount of months and you'd collect them and you knew where you kind of were with it. And I find the toy lines just on a base level quite confusing. I agree. And kids actually do like collecting things, but then sometimes you, you don't know what series you're collecting. It could be this, it could be that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't feel they feel like they put as much money into them. It just occurred to me now, Ben, that that perhaps what we're chasing is that culture of like the included pamphlets and like knowing yeah, what I, the products are, the vehicles, the figures, the characters, the, the artworks. The profile card was everything and the artwork was everything. And reading, reading those 
profile cards was everything when mm. I was a kid. It just you filled in the blanks. You sort of did some head canon, but you were you were sort of grounded to yeah. what they said about the characters. And uh, although a blank canvas is good for kids, I just feel like the toy companies that there's no story there's yeah. no mythology there's no so when there's nothing when phoenix is does he play on his own with the joes and make up his own stories and stuff yeah yeah and he's actually kind of more into a uh, photography kind of point of view now so he, he actually really enjoys doing setups and right. stuff cool which is you know it's great to see it's lovely but <laughs> the natural progression it, isn't it <laughs> yeah adult playtime yeah it's not really represented you know he's playing with toys from the 80s there's nothing i don't feel like there's any company that has done it well for a long time yeah in a kind of mass market way and my wife is is all over this with toys and and she just thinks that it is um just looking at stuff through the same old lens i agree with that It's, it's a bit like the issue that we've just read it's you cannot rest if toy companies don't change yeah it is over innovate change for so many of them a film comes out, this film will come out, Snake Eyes will come out, and, and are they actually really thinking about that toy line? Like, are they really, like, doing research, figuring out what they want it to be, or are they going to slap a load of branding on it, yeah. and it will be out and gone, and oh, yeah. it, was, it, that's, it will well, be like it never happened? That's the thing, that's what companies do now, especially with films, because there's such a short shelf life of these things it's like the, the the only thing they can do to keep up is have you know they have to kind of be in league with the movie for one they have to kind of be in communication with what's happening and the characters and the designs and so on and so forth years in advance you know like they could they've probably trimmed it down to just over a year now in terms of development to production the big companies obviously but even then it's going to take two years comfortably to go from concept to design so they have to do this well in advance one two they do like you say they just have to churn shit out like they have to go and this is the thing i've really always been confused about is why they they really fill the market with all these different scales and this is for this is for this age range zero to five this is for this age range five to ten this is for this age and you're like just make a fucking toy and yeah let them decide whether they'll play with it or not because like i hate seeing all of this product just sitting on a shelf not selling because the only people that care about it are 40 plus adults so it's like you know they're they're not going to collect the friggin combat heroes necessarily i know i did but i did it not happily but but, well (laughs) that 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 leads on to an interesting point so you and s jubs big into gi joe toys but in almost different ways so s jubs you're kind of devout vintage three and three quarter line and you won't really entertain anything else but chris will you pretty much buy anything toy wise if it's got a gi joe branding on it take all those words out apart from chris will you just buy anything and yeah is the answer yeah um like i i think the branding has a lot to do with it yes but at the same time I'm, i'm heavily invested in this brand heavily like, you know, I wouldn't do a friggin' podcast and news burst and all this shit about it if I wasn't. But <laughs> there's been some interest in the G.I. Joeberg, G.I. Joe fanny pack. Isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And I, I retweeted it and I shared that <laughs> shit. I, I thought it was great. I want, I want one just for the freaking Storm Shadow V2 on the front. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. But like at the same, like I'm, I'm kind of, 
I, I'm excited for what comes next and what they do. And the six-inch line, like, okay, so, so something I wanted to mention, I spoke to Lenny Panzika, who was the lead designer on the G.I. Joe Classified line. Uh, Great interview, a, by the way. Thank, thank you, you very for much. That. I appreciate yeah, that man. very much. Good thank job. you. Um, I'll pay you later. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll buy that fucking fanny pack. Okay, I'll buy it. Oh, God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it it went really well. And Lenny kind of divulged a few things. One of the things was that they want to sell these to kids, these six-inch figures. And that is definitely something Hasbro have done a lot of market research on. Whether that's the correct response from that market research is another question. I know, Ben, your wife is into that thing and she does amazing work with lots of huge companies as well which just always blows my mind and well but do you think that that it's on kids radar i know that they want kids to buy them but no you're right the connection because you 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 mentioned it chris that you were saying is distribution a problem because you go into the shops and they're just not on the shelves if if they're not with big promo then yeah it's a one side end cap of about 12 figures like a tall cardboard end cap and that's it and I kind of think that's not going to be like grasping a kid if it's hidden away on a corner somewhere. Because I tell you now, I have missed stuff as an adult searching and hunting on end caps because I just, my focus isn't there necessarily. It's on like the main aisle and where are they in the main aisle? So there's that. There's the fact that like, yes, they're shiny and, and they look cool and they've got bright colors and everything, but that isn't the be all and end all for kids. When I was a kid and I was and I was into G.I. Joe and Action Force, it was exactly what you said. It was the artwork on the box, which I must admit, it's really cool that they've got loads of individual artists to do all the artwork for the characters on each box, which I think is pretty neat. But it's so small on the box that, you know, it's not necessarily like it used to be in the back in the day where the art was the main feature that that pulled you in. The figure, as you looked at it, was like, oh, that looks really cool. It's got loads of accessories. Awesome. Flip it over. Cross-sell galore. On the bottom, the, the file card. And you're just, like, like melting all this amazing information. And you're like, they all have this. And it's like, oh, my God. There's a, you know, it creates in your brain, like, that you've got this storyline that you mentioned before. Now, I'm not saying that Six Inch isn't doing that. But it's not doing it as well as it was doing for kids back in the 80s. So I think that... You know, I'm not saying Hasbro are wrong. I'm saying Hasbro have got priorities and G.I. Joe isn't necessarily a priority when it comes to the other things on their stable, but they are still, they're they're still pushing it in a big way. Like we've had a huge fan first Friday, but it just all seems to be heavily towards the adult collector. Quick question. Um, In terms of G.I. Joe as a toy and varying levels of success, but has it been pretty much present since the beginning of that early 80s through to... Has there always been G.I. Joe toys of varying degrees Since of success? 1964, baby. Yeah, and yeah, so it just got 82 me... to 94, 97 to 2018. It kind of then... got me thinking, is that... that does that now. even beat out kind of Star Wars? Because was there was there ever a break in Star Wars toys? Yeah, of course. Yeah. G.I. Joe invented the yeah. term action figure. So that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. It, it has to be it has to be labelled as a successful toy brand oh, yeah. in some sense of the word, just on longevity alone, surely. I think you'd have had to have hunted some of those lines out though. I'm not I don't I'm not sure you could rock up at your local Toys R Us and 
every year see G.I. Joe toys? Maybe you could. I might have got that wrong. Not in this year, not in the UK. G.I. Joe didn't have a blockbuster film attached to it, and he was creating toys the size of the USS flag and defiant launch complex. I think the success of G.I. Joe can be measured in the fact that it is its own mythology Mm. and produced the most ambitious toys ever created in the history of toys ever. Like, G.I. Joe is number one. There's no disputing that. Unfortunately, it's fallen from grace. Also, also, Hasbro don't have to pay any license fees because it's theirs. So it is pure profit, whatever they make. Yeah. Since you sent me the O-Rings, Chief, and I've been resurrecting my figures, I've been like dipping my toes into eBay, and I'm like, wow, this is they're like the Kenner Star Wars original line in in terms of value. They are they're worth big bucks, and there's a such a big scene out there for that original line, which I'm guessing you are balls deep in <laughs> S-jubs. <laughs> you know it, baby. Pumping my nails. Yeah. <laughs> Tweaking the tackle. <laughs> Tuning my knob. It's expensive, man. What's your collection like? Uh, well, look, I got on before the spike. The prices have spiked even right. in, as, as recently as the last six months. I thought that. There must have been a sweet spot. There must have been like the, the, the kind of 50p years. Well, not I don't quite know when as good as that, been. but like when I got onto eBay for the first time, it was like 1999. That's expensive. And okay. my currency was still great. <laughs> like the rand was like 10 rand to the dollar, which was a very favorable rate of exchange. It's now double that. Right. And so I, I got in when the getting was good. I was earning good money. I, you know, at, as, a, as a, a late teen, early 20-something, you don't have anything to spend it on but yourself. So, <laughs> man, that's exactly, those are the boom years, man. Big time. So how many uh, three and three quarters do you have? Uh, look, this is going to sound very modest. Uh, are, are, you try, are you trying to basically, you know, are you No, no, I'm not a completionist and I'm not an army builder I either. I cherry pick my favorites and I make sure that I absolutely treasure them. And I must say, like, of my favorites, the best toys in my collection are my childhood ones. The ones with loose knees, paint scuffs, yeah, a little juicy. bit of uh, uh, fading thanks to the you know, many, many hours out in the yard in the sun. Like, those guys are my prized yeah. possessions. I, I don't actually collect mint. Man, each one's got so many memories. But that's that's you something you touched on something there. And this isn't something that we when me and Ben were collecting, that ever really got on the radar, and you mentioned army building there, we were very much of completing the the wave of figures, so just one of each set. No, 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 Chief, not myself. Were you you an army builder? No, I had like 10 um, Iron Grenadiers. I was so into Destro's forces. I (laughs) I loved buying multiple... I've got like seven Heat Vipers, like four Tox... Yeah, I was big into that. Funny you should say that. I've got a Destro version 2 and two Iron Grenadiers staring at me right now. Oh, nice. Oh, mm. I've got Des- Destro version 2s in the cabinet. He's so good. Good design. Damn. Yeah, I saw it. Did you guys post out a... This is a question. Uh, a Night Viper on your Insta. Yeah, that was last Ooh. week's uh, toy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just from a toy point of view, because when I'm like on Instagram, I'm seeing all these G.I. Joe collectors... Is like mod- modding your figures like a really big thing, like paint jobs and stuff? Because I see all these like night vipers, and I'm like, there's like eight colours here. I was like, I don't remember any of this, but they're three and three quarters. What's going on there? Yeah, well, what you got to remember is that's like version fourteen or whatever. Right, you're saying they went on and made that many new ones. Yeah. Wow, I thought it was dead and gone. On top of that, the 
custom culture is huge. And casting, yeah. No, huge. yeah, because some of these, Chief, these aren't legit. They weren't yeah. making... Some of the colours are crazy. Diagnostic, tell me, how many versions of Snake Eyes have there been in three and three quarters? <laughs> well, in three Off and three quarters, 58, 58 60-something. In three and three quarters. Wow. Official That's versions. Wild. And then, of course, you know, the customs market then takes on after that. 68, yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm in 68. 68, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man, that's wild. Okay. Well, regarding the Night Viper, the first one is the best one. Agreed. In terms of the Night Viper, though, <laughs> there's there's only been like a couple of Night Vipers. What you're probably oh, discussing there are the casts that people like Crimson Guard Immortal and yeah, and um, Hypno Shield and Raging Spoon. They do a lot of cast figures on vintage kind of molds, and they'll do ridiculous colours and stuff. I see, but they seem to be very popular in the toy photography kind of thing. Mm. All of these different colours and stuff. Oh, okay. Well, you, then you've got like Red Laser and you've got Black Major who do bootleg figures in the right. o-ring style and and they you know they they do like runs of like random tiger force characters that were never in tiger force like yeah uh, you know um thunder and friggin um there's loads uh starduster is what i meant sorry and uh yeah you've got like real they, they do all sorts of cool stuff like that i did dip my toes into the ebay market and i was like i was priced out man i was like <laughs> this is insane it's big bucks Jeez. So was that trying to buy figures that that had a childhood nostalgia attached to them? Yeah, well, yes, and like the ones that I never had that always wanted, like I never had a version one Storm Shadow, uh, even though it does seem like version two seems to be like the badass one that people That's love. I love like, have, version. Two. I have him in the cabinet, fully kitted out. If the retro line's anything to go by, you'll be able to buy one quite comfortably from in the uk from in demand toys from kapow toys because they'll be they'll be selling the retro figures so they'll be doing yeah. a, they'll be doing like an original repro style storm shadow again oh nice when would the final release information be with kind of images would you anticipate goodness knows right. like the six inch leaked early so that kind of ruined hasbro's big reveal at toy fair then more images leaked prior to their fan first friday but they did manage to keep a version three storm shadow repaint basically for the secret which is amazing the amazon exclusive looks insane and i mean that original vintage figure steven i'm sure you'll agree is cool looking oh that's the one that i've also got staring at me <laughs> like you guys are waxing on about version two storm shadow well it's mm. version three for me baby yeah <laughs> oh yes okay i'm convinced that i left my original childhood one in a London tube somewhere. Oh, wow. I'll get it. I'll pick it up. Still <laughs> yeah. there. Broke my heart, man. He's been riding the tubes. For just on the circle line. Fifty years. He's been arrested, no doubt, for not paying, <laughs> not paying his fee, or walking around with a, a sick-looking sickle and a katana. Yeah. Amazing. Chief, you haven't got any, have you, um, from your childhood collection? Joe, oh no, Chief yeah. dangles this carrot every fucking episode. He's got so many. No, no, it's no, breaking no, my mind. Not so many valuable. Thirty or forty, dude. You've got a swivel arm scarlet. I was like, oh man, I really need to get a, a scarlet. Like I've never had the classic scarlet. You're just like, oh, what this? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I got a scarlet. Yeah, yeah. No, I got, I got, I got a few good ones still. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do maybe nice, an episode. Man a special episode on Talking Joe, like Chief's Treasure Chest, where, because I never really go into the box, where I'm just going to not even go into it now, I'm just going to do it kind of live on the show, open up the box and just have a dig in and see what I can find. <laughs> Sounds sexy. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I must say, this section took on a life of its own, and I'm grateful for it, because, yeah, it's nice to hear the four hosts of Talking Joe just unleashed. 
But I do hope one day we can talk, gentlemen, quite candidly about how we used to play as children. Yes. Because I think everyone had their own distinctive flavor. Yeah, But totally. uh, perhaps we can tackle that in a future special ep. Yeah, can we save Let's that say, for gentlemen. episode 100 maybe? 300. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do that. Play psychology. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. That sounds good. Absolutely. I'm down. Like your earliest memories of like making it up, you know? What were you doing with your face? Yeah, I think just so much more advanced than like what my kids are doing with them, which makes me scared that they don't have the kind of imagination maybe that I had. Just because of there's just just because they're spoil they're spoiled for you know stuff. All right then, yeah, quick yeah. fire round. Just going around the mic. Go Your earliest GI Joe plot. Who were the characters? What did you do? Oh my god, my plot was always the same, and it was about like the longevity. So it would be about going on a mission that would start in one corner of the house, but I would have to go like downstairs, then outside, and I'd plant the cobras outside. And then I'd have to get my Joes to them, but it would take it would I'd do it in like real time. Ooh. And then stuff would happen on the way, there'd be like skirmishes. But it was all about being on a patrol. That was the whole thing. God man, I remember it so well. There'd be japes and scrapes that would happen on the way, but you'd end up like in the garden outside, miles away from where you started, and you'd lose people on the way. Oh sick. Usually I'd always be in the havoc. So you'd have cross country in there, snake eyes, obviously. Oh my god, Lady J. Who was in the gun chair? Oh, geez. and who was in the hovercraft? I loved vehicles. I counted the dots, and I thought the best vehicles were the ones where you could get as many figures as possible on there. <laughs> and Havoc was good for that because you had like three dots either side. Yeah, just riding the sort of the the missile pontoons, basically. Like, yeah. Don't don't light those bad boys up. Why you got people standing back there? And and then Chief would play in a different way, and then we'd get I'd get more into setups and like photography and stuff like that. My one was always Joes in a base, or sometimes Cobras in a base, but the Joes or the Cobras had to just be doing manual labour. So they'd be carrying <laughs> log, carrying logs around or breaking up rocks, and yeah. whoever the opposing force was was just kind of hiding in the bushes, ready to lay assault to the base. But it was all about the the actual attack was you know, probably one quarter of the play session, three quarters of it was just setting up the, the base and the people in it. And the base was just made in the garden from, you know, digging up a bit of garden, filling a trench or a moat with water and just getting the general setup ready. But um, what, about, what about you, Diagnostic? My play patterns were kind of like, uh, I used to love uh, separating my teams into individual like specialties. So I'd have all my winter Joes together, and they would run winter operations and I'd play like little winter yes. operations games. I'd have like, I had a Cobra Wolf and I had um, a snow cat and I had uh, a couple of other vehicles kind of like snow based. So I'd have like this, you know, I'd, I'd do everything very organized. It was, it was really nerdy. And uh, I had friends that would have like other vehicles that I didn't have. So I would go around there and my mate had a Tomahawk, but because he had it, I didn't feel the need to to have it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, I got that for Christmas. That was epic. And I was always like gutted. Got I didn't one coming have in the one. mail today, hopefully. Oh man, <laughs> it's amazing. it's amazing. Lift ticket? Is he coming with it? Yeah, no mic though, unfortunately. But yeah, I've got to get a Tomahawk. It's my favorite vehicle. I've got two back in South Africa, but that doesn't help me out here. 
<laughs> My lift ticket's got his nose missing, man. <laughs> Common <Brutal>. melody. <laughs> a little bit of frostbite. Heavy crash, yeah. yeah. Oh, that too. Chief, do you remember doing like wrestling with them? Like sort of WWE style? No. I remember me and you like doing like wrestling with them. Interesting. Like, proper matches with Big, uh, big Bo, yeah. was it? We never uh, crossed over though, did we? We never crossed over Joe's with Star Wars or anything. Oh, I couldn't. I never did that. I never crossed the streams. No, they were they were separate eras yeah it was a different time hmm. i remember lazzing um what was it air patrol what was the sky of... patrol sky patrol that's it those parachutes were garbage i remember lazzing <laughs> those out my window there you go there's another colloquialism for you lazzing lazzing they'd always stay like folded up wouldn't they like and then you just it just hit the ground yeah. like uh, flapping broken. away yeah. and my son's got some really awesome parachutes with these little sort of plastic action figures on that really work well now they're like all fabric and they're mm. so cool Can i'm like joe on there where the heck were these you substitute a joe for that or not yeah you could definitely get a joe on it. there might have to do that tomorrow oh man in joe 2018 chris you must have missed this man but like there were guys throwing 12 inch joes off that parking structure mm. and those parachutes are incredible they're, they're actually great, yeah. they're made of parachute material like actual wow. fabric stitched together like and 12 inch joes are obviously heavy as heavy. fudge yeah. yeah and they they're so graceful in the in the descent i mean yeah amazing my first action man was the SAS paratrooper and it was the parrot attack where it's like in all black. He's got the kind of, it's like a pilot helmet, but you know, for, for him free falling and it's got the visor that comes down and you had this whole like Darth Vader computer chest section type thing as well. And everything it was amazing. Gosh. And I used to lug him out of my t- window. My house wasn't very, it was only like two stories, but it wasn't very high. And I used to throw him out and he wouldn't really, it would never really catch, but I would just be lugging him onto the floor basically from my window. <laughs> But um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. In terms of toy memories, okay, confession time. I think I finally stopped playing properly with G.I. Joe at about age 25. Solid age. I had two mates who were like, we made role playing out of it. Like it was pretty intense stuff and a great exercise in kind of suspension of disbelief. Almost like like an acting exercise, except Mm. using action figures as your avatars. But the earliest memory I think I have of G.I. Joe was my initial two Joes for two figures was Iceberg and Monkey Wrench. And the play pattern took place on the top of my bed. I had never experienced snow, but I had watched The Empire Strikes Back. And the concept of like a whiteout where you can literally not see your hand in front of your face was so exciting to me. Like just making this like very strategic cat and mouse tracking game of like oh we've seen some footprints in the snow the bad guy must be this one that kind of yeah man it was fantastically suspenseful and i think i was all of about four or five years old so cool so that is my earliest like primary primal memory of of playing with gi joe toys that's great chief do you Mm. remember when you came around and did um you did D &D, but with gi joe oh sick i do not remember that but it sounds amazing Dude, you came round and you were the story. You were the story the master, and it was me and me and Gav, <laughs> and you wrote story out master. like you wrote out like all the profiles and their stuff. I was roadblocked. You know what? that was sick. I can't. And I, I I wanted you to do it again, and it never all happened. Right. 
Obviously a shit story master. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, when Inky, Blinky, Pinky and Clyde finally Poe. meet up in person. Uh, and Stinky. Yeah. Stinky, whatever. Winky. Um, we, <laughs> we better revive this G.I. Joe D&D game, Chief. Oh, man. I think that would be okay. incredible. All right. I'm going to think of what that story... If I think hard enough, I'll remember okay, that story. please do, you. please do. Um, before we go, I do want to very, very quickly touch on... I finished a bottle of rosé, eh? Oh, jeepers. Um, Doesn't surprise me. Uh, COVID... I finished a bottle of Mountain Dew Energised here. <laughs> oh, I did God. not finish the root beer. Um, coming up soon, we have got Cobra Convergence, which, uh, talking Joe, has never been a part of. Uh, S-Jubs and Diagnostic have previously contributed here but can you leak anything chris about what you're i've already gone to the toilet mate so I'm good. about what you might be uh, including or is it hush hush no it's not hush hush with me i mean i'm doing a top 10 cobra commander figures nice nice versions i should say i'm doing that for like a diagnostic 80 uh full force combo video thingy um for those who don't know ben included um i'm sure most listeners will does anyone want to give a quick uh, cliff notes on cobra convergence what it is Hooded Cobra Commander 788, the sort of premier G.I. Joe toy reviewer on the YouTubes, loves his content creator community building. So I think it was something that he started five years ago with just him and the other G.I. Joe reviewers on YouTube. And it's now subsequently expanded to include podcasts, uh, photographers, Instagrammers, basically everyone on his shortlist of content creators gets a day in August, which is their Cobra Convergence 5 day. And everyone else's traffic or channel is used to promote that person's uh, endeavors. I guess it's just a way of building audiences and showing off exactly how much G.I. Joe content exists on the interwebs. So, wonderful initiative, and I'm so glad that Talking Joe cracked the nod. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you guys are big players in the... G.I. Joe fandom world, aren't you? No, now? I think talk, Talking Joe is not a big player in the world. It's probably, um, I think it you is, know, man. maybe from a comic discussion point of view, but, you know, overall, there's much bigger content creators out there. But it's, it's good that Talking Joe, we're going to be on August the 10th, I think. Me and S. Jubs will be doing a review and discussion and maybe, maybe a little bit of role play, maybe, on uh, the IDW oh, Cobra yeah. uh, four issue miniseries. So that'll be coming on 10th of August. Uh, Full Force, Chris, is going to be on the 3rd of August, I think. And G.I. Joburg, you're kicking it off on the 1st of August. Oh, God, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, but, Ben, the seed that you planted with Talking Joe has taken root, man. And I must say, the sky's the limit. Like, this, I love this show and, and the quality of its custodianship. It's, yeah, man, it's, it's a good product. And I think that, like... Absolutely. Absolutely. We are major players. This, this product is. And so thank you listeners, actually. Yeah, always, yeah, always, always thank the listeners. Um, but ultimately, the show doesn't exist without uh, four great people presenting it. So, uh, you know, there you go. Yeah, go us. <laughs> Raise a toast. Backslapping, yeah, why not? Slap, slapping what? It's been, it's been really cool to just dive back in and, and throw myself back into G.I. Joe. I haven't thought about it for a long time time to be honest with you so it's been really nice so thanks yeah, thanks, for, having me thanks on. for everyone for coming on this um yeah you know we tried to put the team back together a couple of times and you know absolutely 
Gozima Berries. Failed. Uh, yeah, yeah, failed. <laughs> and, uh, but now it's happened. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely had a whale of a time. I'm in an absolute big pile of shit because I sold the missus. I'd be done at 10.30pm so as not to be too noisy when I come down the... It's now 6am in the morning. Ladder. I'm 45 minutes overdue. I'm going to get a massive talking to... Um, a talking Joe. Yeah, I'm gonna... Your berries might not be buzzing. No. They might be hurting. And they'll be in the bin. Yeah, buzzing yeah. in the wrong way. Throbbing. She's going to be tuning you, my brew. <laughs> tuning you hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, Listen, before we close, uh, where can, uh, Diagnostic, where can the good folks find your fine work? Always in the same place, guys. The Full Force podcast on all major outlets. Uh, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Yep, the premier G.I. Joe news content site out there. Uh, G.I. Joeberg, Steve S. Jobs, where can the people find you? Hey, you said it, baby. G.I. Joeberg. That's a G, an I, a J, O, E. No, no. B-U-R-G. <laughs> Fuck it. I just said a G, an I, a Joe, and a bird. Yeah, I would have said that's that. That's, that's that mountain juice. Stay away the from G, that mountain juice. The G, the J. Nice. Yeah. Or you can hit up any of the Talking Joe socials. I will probably pass my eye. And uh, yeah, you can throw me under the bus or tell me I'm doing a shitty job. You're doing never, a great job. Never. Amazing um, job. Oh, thanks, baby. And also, I have to say, like, being part of this show, I, I was loved being part of it unfortunately life took over and i couldn't commit as much to it in in the end but i I couldn't have been happier to have steve who is like you know a huge like beacon of the gi joe community globally uh take take over so um, yeah i couldn't couldn't have been more happier to have a, a a cooler successor basically uh chris the door's always on a revolve baby Hey, anyone to, anyone to leave? You mean anyone's always welcome back on this show? That's, you know, she's like everyone's always welcome to leave. I'll just get someone else in. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for S Jobs. To, I'm waiting for S Jobs to kick me off. Um... <laughs> That's the next. Move. That would be so awesome if Talking Joe it's keeps like an... going, but the original hosts aren't there. That's Amazing. That would be. That would it's like, be like triggers broom from uh, Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, yeah. Legacy. Fourteen new heads and six new handles, That's or something. It. Like that. That's it. Yeah. Well, it was look, it was amazing when uh, Ben, unfortunately, due to life circumstances, had to step away and um, Diagnostic came on and not one week was missed. He was like, yeah, don't worry, I can fill in that. I'll record tomorrow. Or no, even that night, I'll record tonight. And it was like, what have I got here? I've got some sort of legendary cyborg man coming on. And then, you know, same thing. Um, paying work and life and moving kind of uh, stepped in the way and the amount of hours he was putting in for editing I can't you know say fairer than that and Steve jokingly I said uh, oh I need a new part new uh, co-host and you were like private message I'll do it like what I'm recording tomorrow yeah I'll do it I'm, I can do that all right fine whatever just you know and both both <laughs> willing to do the editing as well which is a big help <laughs> amazing Ching! but yeah well but you've got any new content coming out Ben on your Ben Flying Retro account or not yeah, you can find me at Ben Flying Retro on Instagram where I'm trying to make original 80s and 90s content, but it takes forever, so it's not much <laughs> happening on there. No, well, I'm trying to make a Scalextrics video as well, and uh, that is going to take me forever because I am not a professional editor like all three of you guys, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, find, find me on Cheapy Two Shoes pumping out some art, one piece of original art I've collected over the years. Day 53 was today, little Indiana Jones piece check out the out of timers oh, nice. and all that sort of stuff but uh yeah i want to i want to thank everyone on behalf of everyone does that make sense 
Yeah. <laughs> the inception of thank yous. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, everybody gets a bottle of golden piss. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with, with all that, mm. with all that said and done, we will catch you down the road. Oh no, wait a minute. We've been the talking Joes. <laughs> We're all out of Joe. We're all out of Joe. <laughs> so you, you get multiple sign-offs on this one. Uh, that's amazing. I, yeah, do you want one? I don't know. I've got no idea what's going on anymore. Chill. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Ladies, guys. Ladies. Yo, Joe! Joe!